Flyover Politic Podcast, the show for normal Americans. From his undisclosed bunker, here's your host, Tony Reed. She said the Cowboys players wanted to show unity, but they were very adamant about wanting to separate that message from the national anthem. Sean? All right, Lisa, and as they take a knee collectively, boos can be heard from this sellout crowd in Arizona. Back to Flyover Politic Podcast. It's the 28th of September, year of our Lord, 2017. And this is our last podcast until Big Sis comes. That's right. Big Sis comes next weekend. Be doing a podcast on the 8th of October with Big Sis. And we'll go dead until there to give some time to catch up. I've been noticing the listening going down a bit. I've been putting a lot out lately. And I figure I'd do a short one today to end out this week and wait till then. And of course, it's going to be a one subject because this subject is still hot and heavy and your humble host is still angry. The sound you heard on that intro was the Dallas Cowboys trying to split the doggone difference, which is what we'll get to later. The Green Bay Packers are going to try to do tonight. And take a knee before and then stand locked arms. During the National Anthem, um, as you can see, the response of the American populace was not positive. And as we'll see by the end, once again, our media is not going to cover it. They're never going to cover the honesty and what's really happening behind the scenes. But that's what I'm here for, because I did a lot of searching the last few days and found all sorts of stuff. But I want to start up front with facts. So I started with booing and some raw numbers, uh, locked arms. Uh, entire team was one, two, three, three. Entire teams locked arms. This is for Sundays. Majority was one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen, sixteen. And we had one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, not nine teams that did nothing. Um, as in they didn't lock arms. The teams with the most people kneeling, Cleveland Browns, 20, Denver Broncos, 32, Jacksonville, Jacksonville Jaguars, I'm sorry, New England Patriots, 20, then it goes Jaguars, 14, Kansas City, 7. Of course, this is not saying that they also stood, for God's sake, the Queen. Uh, then we go down to 10 for Buffalo Bills and Ravens, uh, 8, Lions, Colts. Five Miami Dolphins and you know teams that did not do everything like stay in the locker room and didn't protest are few and far between uh, there is none everybody did something 
but the teams that had nobody kneeling, of course, was the Titans, Eagles, Steelers. The Titans and Seahawks and Steelers didn't even come out, so it doesn't really work. Uh, but the Eagles had nobody. They had three raised fists. Uh, Minnesota Vikings, New Orleans Saints, but they did the locked arm bullshit. Rams had one raised fist and nobody did anything. They were being polite. Houston, Texas, locked arms. Dallas Cam Cowboys, but you have an asterisk because they did the crazy Neil first shit. Uh, Carolina Panthers stayed in the locker room. Bears, Cincinnati had nobody Neil and Arizona Connell, Ca uh, Cardinals entire team locked arms. So that's the protest. Uh, tonight's protest, uh, we'll read the official statement in a bit, but, uh, the, Packers are trying the stand locked arms, but they took it to the next level. Aaron Rodgers did, and they want the fans to stand and lock arms. Uh, not going well on social media. <clears throat> Up front, you know, because most of you are, you know, my assumption, either with me on this, because you're a vet or a friend of mine, or you're a progressive, because I have a lot of those people in, California listening, things like that, when I look at the analytics. And you just go, why is this guy so upset about it? He is such the minority. Uh, right up front, why didn't TV networks show angry booing NFL fans Sunday or Monday? Showing the Arizona Cardinal, the guy that pretends to be the Arizona Cardinal. You know, every team's got their little fan that takes up the mantle of I'm the Cardinal and does rah-rahs. He's actually holding a sign. Everyone's singing and participating in the National Anthem. This article goes, uh, and this was from Sporting News, not Breibart. They're asking the questions. We talk about Trump, yada. Networks typically do not televise the national anthem except for Super Bowl and other special occasions, but they recognize there would be intense viewer interest this past weekend. Some fans of the reacted at all happily clapped and cheered during protests, but others did not, and they angrily let their home teams know about it. Audio mics picked up the boos, and all of them, Yet the TV networks mostly avoided crowd shots Sunday, so there was never a chance to see cheering fans. A segment of Patriots fan of Foxborough nearly booed their own team off the field when some Pats sat or kneeled with some screaming, stand up. And they show a video, and you can hear it, because it's somebody in the stands. One behind-the-scene TV staff in another stadium told Sporting News that camera operators were ordered to avoid crowd shots in case they showed fans counter-protesting the protest. NBC, CBS, Fox Sports, and ESPN pay billions each year to televise live NFL games. The league saw this weekend's unprecedented anthem coverage as a golden opportunity to demonstrate unity among players, coaches, owners, and the opposition to Trump. If crowd shots were indeed purposely avoided, it was a wise business decision by the networks not to bite the hand that feeds them, but a weak move from a journalistic standpoint. By covering one of the most significant days in NFL history, they rose-colored glasses the networks cheated viewers. We got an incomplete picture of what really happened. Yes, the main television focus should have been on the players, coaches, yada yada, but fans hold the ultimate power over the network and league, and they were missing in the action during coverage. CBS spokesman Jennifer Sabetala told Sports Net News no one at her network was instructed to ignore the crowd. The anthem was covered by each crew in their own way. <clears throat> Lie! And yet, fans were hardly shown. During the Monday Night Football telecast, uh, Sean McDonough noted boos can be heard from the sellout crowd as Jerry Jones and the Cowboys collectively did their knee jerk. 
But we never saw any of these frustrated spectators. Were they booing both teams for protesting? Just booing the visiting Cowboys? Both? We got only one shot of a fan holding Old Glory as Jordan Sparks sang the Star Banner. ESPN, of course, denied comment, but a source said there was no edict from Bristol that it was up to the director of NF, NF, MNF, MNF Games to do whatever the fuck he did. During NBC, NBC's telecast of the Sunday Night Football Landover, Maryland, we got plenty close-up views of Raiders and Redskins sitting, linking arm. The fans were strictly in the background. Fans booing Jets and Dolphin players were loud and clear during the CBS broadcast at East Rutherford, but we never saw them. Uh, Michael McCarthy um, says, thought I heard boos as Jets and Dolphins knelt. I took a knee during the play of the National Anthem. CBS avoided shots. During the singing of the anthem, uh, trying to break this down. Sorry, I'm getting attacked by cat. During the Giants-Eagle game, Fox stuck to close-up ground-up shot of players, coaches, and owners. The only image of fans was one long shot showing them clapping before the network cut commercial. Again, the story of the fans who were not enamored of Sunday's anthem protests were out of TV. The reaction to those fans should have been a bigger story. In Detroit, a contingent Alliance fan booed their own players when the protests of racial justice. Uh, perhaps it's unfair to judge networks by strict journalistic standards since they are effectively billion-dollar businesses. But viewers shouldn't have to go to social media, local newspapers to find out. And that's all I'm going to do. The rest was just a hard sell of Trump's bad because the networks hate Trump. And in our world that we're living, of course, Hollywood, music, um, these shows, the Emmys, this is all catered towards the majority vote and political persuasion of the networks. I'm going to tell you, when we get to the Packer statement, 95% negative on every Packer source I could find from Twitter, Facebook, Chat rooms, the website itself. It was more, it was a hundred percent on the website. Very few people commented. All the comments, I think there were about ten when I was there, were all negative. And then once again, I want to cover the, the hard data. Uh, our break for a music break, just to put one in here. Today, the music will be the replay are, are police racist. Because at no time during ESPN's coverage, network coverage, anybody's coverage, does anybody want to talk about the facts? When I present these facts to people, they, they act like I'm getting it from Breibart. Then when I send them to the Manhattan Institute, they freaking cringe. It's faux. This whole thing's faux. So this article was put out on the 25th again. Same author, Heather McDonald. Hard data, hollow protests. The FBI released its official crime tally for 2016, and the data flies in the face of the rhetoric the professional athletes BLM protested over the weekend. Nearly 900 additional blacks were killed in 2016 compared to 2015, bringing the black homicide victim total to 7,881. Those 7,881 black bodies in the parlance of Tennessee Coates are 1,305 more than number of white victims, which in the case includes most Hispanics. For the same period, though, blacks are only 13% of the nation's population. The increase of black homicide deaths last year comes on the top of a preview of 900 victim increase between 214 and 15. 2014, not 214. Who's killing these black victims? Not whites, not the police, but other blacks. 
2016, the police fatality shot 233 blacks, the vast majority armed and dangerous, according to WAPO. It's so sad that people have to use liberal sources in this world to fight this stupid. The Post categorized only 16 black male victims of police shooting as unarmed. That classification mask assaults against officers and violent resistance to arrest. Contrary to BLM narrative, the police have, made, may have much more to fear from black males than black males have from the police. In 2015, a police officer was 18.5 times more likely to be killed by a black male than an unarmed black male was to be killed by a police officer. Black males have made up 42% of all cop killers over the last decade though they are the only 6% of the population. That 18.5 ratio undoubtedly worsens in 2016. In light of the 53% increase in gun murders of officers committed vastly and disproportionately by black males, among all homicide suspects whose race was known, white killers of blacks numbered only, wait for it, 243 out of 7,800. Tell your liberal friend that. Violent crime has now risen by a significant amount for two consecutive years. The total number of violent crime rose 4.1%, homicide 8.6%. In 2015, violent crime nearly 4 and homicide nearly 11 The last time violence rose two years in a row was 05 and 06. The reason for the current increase is what I have to call the Ferguson effect. We've covered on the show. For those who are new, people are backing off. Cops are getting told they're just racist. <clears throat> now they don't want to shoot anybody. Thus the inference in the last podcast that whites are more apt to be shot by a cop than blacks. Somebody was out there kneeling for white people getting caught or shot, which is the majority. Maybe some more people would have a cause with it because it would be based on reality, not race. <clears throat> this goes in... uh 72% of the nation's officers say that they and their colleagues are now less willing to stop and question suspicious persons. This is according to not Breibart or Fox News, but Pew Research. The reason is a persistent anti-cop climate from 2016 alone in Ferguson. It all went to shit. That truth has not stopped the ongoing demonization of police, including now by many of the country's ignorant professional athletes. Her words, I agree. The toll will be felt, as always, in the inner city by the thousands of law-abiding people there who desperately want more police protection, and they're not getting it. Yeah. Those are the facts, my friends. So for me, it's more of a, you know, it's 75% the American flag. 25% this is a lie. I mean, if it was a cause that was worth protesting, it would make more sense to me. But this is just a liberal shill cause. It's not real. Other things up front. Villanueva donated all the proceeds from his jersey to USO. Mike Tomlin, somebody resurfaced a tweet he did in 2014. Thank you to the men and women of the armed forces to serve our country. And continue to serve. I have the utmost respect for you. Everybody said go to hell. There was like 12 go to hell tweets back to him over that tweet. People just telling him you're a liar because you don't care. Other upfront data. 
Baltimore Ravens National Anthem singer resigns over anti-military anthem protest. He's a National Guardman. I won't read his Facebook post, but he outright said, I no longer feel like I should be here or I'm wanted. Here's a bummer for those out there who are liberal. He's black. He's not white. A Bills walker, worker, Eric Nickerson, walked off the job. Loyalty to the Buffalo Bill was somewhat of a rarity. Watching the spoiled NFL players kneeling to the national anthem was more than Nitscher, Nicker, can't say his name, could take. Enric Nitscher felt like he had no other choice than to walk away from a 30-year career over what the Bills did. His exact statement. I waited until the national anthem ended. I took off my shirt, threw my Bills hat on the ground, walked out. He said to Channel 2 News. Then the Remington Research Group, which has nothing to do with Breibart, Fox, Daily Caller, or any other alt-right news sites, did a poll. First, the American people agree with Trump when it comes to NFL anthem protests. Second, if the NFL doesn't cease allowing their league to become a fashion show for the narcissistic SJW wannabe college football will be the most popular sport within five years. Well, there's only one survey. This is a survey conducted after President Trump declared war on the NFL in Alabama. The survey addressed the Trump factor directly. Last week, Donald Trump said NFL players should stand, be respectful to the national anthem. Do you, do you think NFL players should stand and be respectful of the flag? 65% yes, 25% no. On Sunday, a number of NFL players knelt during the national anthem protest because of Trump's statement, does this make you more likely or less likely to watch your favorite team's gay game? This was very split. 50% less likely. 20 people, no difference. Or 20% no difference, 30% more likely. Which, you know, you're not going to hear that. Then... Mary Catherine Ham did another one from CBS Sports. 70% agree that disagree with Colin Kaepernick's protest. Most Americans don't see eye to eye. She was fact-checked by the resist crowd. And then I found the poll. Majority of Americans disagree with Colin Kaepernick's protest. Most Americans don't see eye to eye with Kaepernick on his stance and kneel during the anthem. In two recent polls that were both conducted within the past week, a majority of respondents said they disagree with Kaepernick's decision to protest racial inequality and police brutality by not staying for the national anthem. This was in 2016. <clears throat> in one poll, which was conducted by Reuters, 72% of Americans said that they thought Kaepernick's behavior was unpatriotic. 61% said they do not support the stance he does. It was 2,903 people. Yes. That's that's who did the poll. Sorry, my wife is blowing up my phone right now. Who needs rules? It's another stat up front. NFL players arrested every seven days on average. Every seven days. This year alone, seven assault and batteries, six drugs, five DUI, five domestic violence, disorderly conducts, four, resisting arrest, two, guns, one, license, one, other, one. So why do I bring that up? Are you saying they're all black people in the last podcast and now they're all criminals? No. 
It just seems a preponderance of the African Americans that are for this have had an incident that they were pulled over. And they didn't like the way the cops treated them for a myriad of reasons. Give you an example today, non-military, never served, African-American nice guy, you talk all the time, not a criminal, goes to work, pays his bills, he lives by the code, and that's not the white people code, it's the code of be a good citizen, don't be a dirtball. He had one incident on post, because he was driving across post once. There's parts you can drive on, you don't have to be in the military. And the guy was in the back 40, and he asked him to keep his hands visible. It was at night. He had no other examples. So when I told him that same thing's happened to me, he looked at me funny. Told him a story in Arkansas, late at night, backwoods, military decal, right after the Obama administration said that, uh, you know, returning vets most likely could become domestic terrorists. I didn't take offense to it. The cop was nervous. He's a new cop. He's a rookie. So in my case, I was white. He was white. I didn't think it was racial. I understand this climate for African Americans when everything's racist in the age of Obama. I see that, but some of these NFL players have had many brushes with the law. College, growing up, inner city. And I, I think this has a lot to do with it. I don't think this has a lot to do with, you know, the unarmed black man being killed. I think this has more to do with they just don't like black people having authority, black people don't like white people having authority over them and they believe they're singled out and that they just be left alone, they wouldn't get caught riding dirty, which is the point. You know, it's the riding dirty. If you're not riding dirty, you don't get in trouble. But as we talk about live PD all the time on this show, sweet God, there's a lot of people riding dirty. 90% of them are African-American. Arizona. South Carolina. Maryland. What do you want the cops to do? A lot of the very ultra-conservative people say, really, this has a, has a, a taint of reverse racism that part of me agrees with where it's, we're African-American and because there were slaves, We should get a pass. And with the recent incident, the Green Bay Packer, who has now changed the Packers into a protesting team when we didn't have the problem before, I truly believe that's true. He ran from the police and got all bitch, bitchy because he got put on the ground and cuffed. You can't run from the police. It doesn't matter your skin color. If I ran to the police, I would get cuffed and yanked out of my fucking car. I've watched live PD. I've watched every race get yanked out of the fucking car when they went on high-speed chases. You're endangering the public. Do what the fuck you're told. You don't have any run-ins. But it's the whole lack of respect for authority. And I think these high-paid you know, prima donnas definitely have that problem. Chris Kyle... 
wife, Taya Kyle, she wrote a letter. Dear NFL, you were doing your part to bring people together and heal the world. That's really how healing works. We heal by loving each other and leading by example, showing people what is possible. We love each other. Blah, blah, it's only better. You were doing your part celebrating each other's based on skills, talent, joint vision without regard to color and religion. You were doing your part and we were doing ours. We showed you cheers and groans together. We talked in the concession line and commiserated and celebrated our team. Did it ever occur to you that you, to you, that you and we were already mixed of backgrounds, races, and religions, were already living the dream you want right in front of you? Your desire to focus on division and anger has shattered what many people love most about the sport. Football was really a metaphor for our ideal world. Different backgrounds, talents, political beliefs, and histories as one big team with one big goal to do well, to win together. You are asking us to abandon what we loved about the togetherness and make choices of division. Will we stand with you? Will we stand with our flag? What does it mean? What does it mean if we buy a ticket or NFL gear? What does it mean if we don't? It is a polar opposite of easy togetherness we once lived in football. It was simple. We loved you and we, you loved us with all our races, religions, different backgrounds and politics. Simply simplicity in a crazy world. You, dear NFL, have taken that. You have lost me here. And she goes on more talking about the many people that have given up their right to live. They're dead. A big saying for military is, I stand for the flag, I kneel for the cross. And I I, I don't understand. So, as said, um, Aaron Rodgers wants a fan to join him in an anthem protest. <sighs> I hurt my feelings. Rodgers' state is about... Equality, this is about unity and love and growing together as a society and starting a conversation around something that may be a little bit uncomfortable for people. But we got to come together and talk about these things and growing as a community, as a connected group of individuals in our society. Roger said the protests have never been about the military, our men and women in uniform. Like I said, after the game, we love and support them and each of us. I'm sure I've done charity events for them. Oh, gee, so that's, you're going to go. And he, he wrote this thing. It's never been about the military or men and women in uniform. Like I said, after the game, we love and support them. And each of us, I'm sure, have done charity events. I've been to Fort Rainwright, Alaska, and done PT with those guys at 5 in the morning. We love them. We're thankful for the opportunity they give us. This is about equality. This is about unity and love, growing together, and blah, blah, blah. We've got to come together, blah, 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 blah. And this week, we're going to ask the fans to join in as well and come together and show people that we can be connected and we can grow together. If the crowd at Lambeau Field joins the players, it will be the first time the fans will be involved in the protest. Many loyal fans have made it clear that they are against the protest, and even some have even burned their season tickets to show how much they are disgusted. Many teams, including blah, 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 it breaks it down. There was a petition. I signed it. Multiple arguments. This, this is all over this. It's everywhere. And this one, those of us joining arms at Thursday would be different in so many ways, but one thing that binds us together is that we are individuals who want to make, help make our society, our country, and our world a better place. We believe that in diversity, there could be university intertwined, represent the many people who helped build this country, and we are joined together to show that we are ready to continue to build. 
Let's work together to build a society that is more fair and just. Kendricks and Bennett are the two that really have the problem. I think it was Marty Bennett's idea, Aaron Spork first, and kind of laid it out, laid out the facts that he's on our side, and he understands the message being conveyed and trying to get across. And then Marty wrote a statement, and the statement he said we're going to lock arms is going to challenge the fans lock arms well, so it kind of puts them in a position that where it's like, look, you're either going to unite with us or you're not. I think that's really cool because it puts them in a position where it's like now we're talking to you, so you make a decision, peacefully make a decision. It's it's not good. Reactions. I watch football to watch football. I think the league underestimates the tolerance of normal fans who seek out football to get a break from daily barrage of rhetoric of political division, said Packer fans Herb Jab in the Gazette report. While some fans have threatened on social media return season tickets or their share of the team, Popke said in the Gazette that he was only aware of one share being returned. If they want to return them and don't want to be shareholders, we'll accept them, Popke said. The issue of protesting, blah, 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 blah. Associate oppressed. Associate press contributed this report, which means it was an associate press one. They asked one negative, got a bunch of positives, and that's how this has been played out in all media sources that I could find. All of them. This is a great thing. Another one, he was humbled by once flying the remains of America's servicemen into the state and experienced that stay with him, that spirit stays with him. My allegiance to our American flag and to our nation, national anthem will always stand for above and loyalty to the NFL, the Green Bay Packer organization, he said. Laura Hapke, a lacrosse native now living in Orange, California, said the Packers were the last team she expected to do what they do, they did Sunday. Hapke meets with other Packer fans each week to watch game. Her mother's a shareholder, and she's on a season ticket waiting list. In other words, she's a diehard fan. Packer Chatter, a website I go to all the time. <clears throat> this is their response. Packer Chatter has tried to keep politics out of sports, especially football, on our website and our forums. That all changed now. I'm deeply concerned about your response, Mr. Murphy, as it brings a political rhetoric in the sports, just like a sheep following on Mr. Goodell's heels. How sad. He breaks down how he's always been a fan and how they've done this forever and his father has done it. Those were all good memories. By my wife's Betty's dad was Phil Benningson. I trust you've heard of him. He and Vince would be appalled at what is going on nowadays and frankly Lombardi would never put up with this crap. In conclusion, now I'm wondering why our memories and support of our team going to be tainted because player politics are going to be okay with the NFL. Who's running a league? I started a small website back in 1996, PackerChatter.com, to honor the Packers. The site is still going strong, but I'm afraid I may shut it down because our obvious support for some players, disrespect for our flag and country. Don't expect to hear back as your statement is quite clear. Our above comments above, our above comments were also posted in Murphy's statement on a Packers official website. I've written letters to the NFL. USAA, Nike, the Packers. No responses. I try to pull my NFL pass for online viewership. Was told that term of service doesn't allow them to do it. I said you violated the term of service with me. I watch sports, not politics. 
they return the same statement. To coverage from the uh, Jerry Jones fiasco, Shell Malkin, Jerry Jones, Gentiflex to PC, hashtag no fans left. Another one, I thought the anthem was about respecting America, but it's been about football players saying that unity is since yesterday. Jerry Jones took a knee to support cop-hating rhetoric, but stood to honor the flag, and the left celebrates. The Dallas Cowboys and owner Jerry Jones took a collective knee on the field. Not one Arizona Cardinal player took a knee. All linked arms. Michael Ian Black on the left. Jerry Jones taking a knee. Please, Lord, don't make me like Jerry Jones. Tariq Nasheed. I love that Cowboys and Jerry Jones kneeled before the anthem, so now white supremacists can push the disrespect the flag lie. All over the place, the left celebrated. Sean King, the woman of the L.A. Sparks, a basketball team for the Women's National Basketball Association, finals, they left the floor and went back into the locker room during the national anthem. That was the second part of the booze for our intro. George Takaki, you know when citizens are required to stand for the national anthem? North Korea. Joy Reid, they're not protesting the flag, they're protesting police profiling and killing black people with impunity. If that's not worth protesting, well, I guess the majority of deaths to black people by uh, blacks isn't worth protesting, so I would say no. Bill McGowan, small group of anti-fascist protesters holding a kneeling protest at the Trump Star in Hollywood. I'm building to something, so just bear with me. Protesters just took a knee at Trump's Hollywood star, a very small group called Refuse Fascist LA. They are from our refusefascism.org. Susan Taylor, brainwashed fascists keep dismissing me by insisting that I call everyone I disagree with a fascist. One of the speakers, it's righteous that people burn the flag. America has never been great. America has never been great. X-Files, Duchovny, Anderson, took a knee. New Star Trek show, entire cast, took a knee. Hollywood's involved. Soap and Deb, any one of you who kneeled during the opening credits of Star Trek Discovery tonight will feel my wrath from here to Vulcan. Cynthia, I've enjoyed Star Trek from its start, but this is where I get off watching it. Travis J. Tritton, reporter, do you have anything to say about the NFL? Secretary Mattis, I'm the Secretary of Defense. We defend the country. Somebody translated that. Get the fuck away from me with your stupid ass questions. Then during the time between our last podcast to now, I can only say we've seen some interesting stuff. Villanueva, I still haven't gotten a shirt. There's so many bot. I don't think there is a shirt to send me. Not only gave his proceeds to the USO, he also had to do a North Korea prisoner video and apologize. He was forced by Tomlin, Harrison, and the rest of the America haters to go out there and say he fucked his team. He was wrong. He shouldn't have done it. He felt foolish. 
I would cover the NBA stuff, but we already know the NBA is full of people that just like Tomlin, which I forgot to say in the intro, who threw a fundraiser for Hillary. LeBron James went to full functions, and after not only calling the president a bum and cursing him, went out and got all sorts of questions, not about the NBA, about Trump. And then, our asshole of the week. Fuck you, asshole. You asshole. This is why we can't have nice things. You asshole! Are you just an asshole? Is that it? Fuck you, you asshole! You ever hear the saying, you run into an asshole in the morning, you ran into an asshole. You run into assholes all day, you're the asshole. Fuck you, asshole. You! You are such an asshole! You are an asshole! You dumb asshole! Asshole. Fucking asshole! Away from me, you asshole. He's an asshole. Tyler, obviously the games were great yesterday, but everything was centered about the protest. We heard President Trump make his remarks on Friday. You knew the NFL would respond somehow, some way across the league, and we saw that. Just about everywhere as we begin four-down territory with first down, three teams decided to stay in the locker room all together during the national anthem. Several teams decided to lock arms during the anthem. Dozens of players refused to stand at all. Some teams did come out like the Carolina Panthers. They all stood. Uh, Roger Goodell said he was proud of the players and released this statement after the games yesterday, saying divisive comments like this demonstrate an unfortunate lack of respect for the NFL, our great name, and all of our players, and a failure to understand the overwhelming force for good our clubs and players represent in our community. So that was Roger Goodell. A lot of people, I know, like, you just talk to people in general. They all want to know, what do you think? What do you make? What'd you make of what the NFL did and how they responded to President Trump's comments? There's so much that we can unpeel from this. Bottom line for me, the fact that President Trump called NFL players SOBs at a rally in Alabama, he was able to, not through, I think, anything good, but he was able to, for the first time, maybe unite the commissioner, the Mm. owners, and the players to a certain degree. Don't talk about us like that. Don't call us SOBs when all we're doing is exercising our right to protest what we believe are inequalities in this country based on race, creed, or other. That's what people or players have been kneeling for. And then President Trump attacks them using names like SOB, and that catches Roger Goodell, the owners, and the players. And they say, let's take this to another level. Let's keep the discourse going by uniting, locking arms, doing whatever to keep the conversation happening. You and I have been talking about this all day here at Stadium before the show, obviously. And my thought, it's a very convoluted situation because while... As, as a Marine, as a veteran, I would never do that. That's not something that I would do. I would stand for the flag each and every time. I do understand your choice, right. the First Amendment rights. Right. And I understand the NFL players feel like this is their dais, this is their platform to make their message heard loud and clear. My question is, what's the message now? What do you do going forward? Because to protest the flag just to protest the flag, I'm not cool with. Right. But if you want to protest something to get an equality done out of all of this, however we get there... That's the conversation that I want to see going forward. That's what I hope that the NFL said to the president and vice versa. Maybe there's some conversation to get that dialogue started. And that stuff gets lost when we, it, you have to consider nuance. You know I love that word. Yes. There's so much nuance that needs to be considered in this whole entire conversation. Sometimes it gets lost because now we're talking about name calling right? instead of 
The original reason why Colin Kaepernick first took a knee and had nothing to do with the American flag no. or the national anthem. He says, I don't think there is the same level of equality for a man who looks like me in this country as a man who looks like you. And for me personally, I know, Dave, you said your, your opinion or yep. your point. I would, if I was an NFL player, be comfortable getting down on a knee and using that as a platform to say, I agree with Colin Kaepernick. I agree with the players who think that there are inequalities that we need to fix in this country. But then it all gets lost because it people does. are calling names, and that's the unfortunate part. Let's get it right. This is not a protest of the flag or the anthem or Donald Trump. It's a protest of the culture that we live Quality. in America. Equality or the lack thereof. Let's hope that conversation is... Yeah, that's, that's, that's what happened in the NBA. And you heard all of this. You heard it all. You saw the media. But I want to remind you, and I'll break it down pretty simple. We're going to go with the media coverage of this. And then I want to point out some specific media lies, specific sound bites in a second package. So we're going to have a very long media coverage of the protests, a music break, our cops racist to get us aligned back into reality, and we'll come in on the other side. A wave of protests across the NFL during the national anthem after President Trump called out players for not standing. A massive show of solidarity, hundreds taking part. Some have suggested that part of this is about race. The president going after a league filled with African-Americans. More than 100 NFL players knelt in defiance. Mr. Trump doubling down after taking aim at players following the lead of free agent Colin Kaepernick who started protesting the anthem last year to bring attention to racial and social inequality. But those comments set off a firestorm of resistance. What did we see yesterday? Did we see a continuation of Colin Kaepernick's protest against racial injustice? Did we see a protest in favor of free speech? Did we see a protest against the president of the United States? I've also got to tell you from what I'm hearing from people inside the White House, they are saying, and we heard the president himself say, this is not about race. And I've got to say, this is so much bigger than the president versus the players. People in this country are going to feel completely against the, the, right. this notion the that this is not about race. If the president comes out and says this is not about race, that's a little bit like saying I'm not a crook. If you have to say it, you're already in trouble. Yeah. But when it comes to sensitive issues like this, you know, past presidents, I want to talk to Matt about this, past presidents have done their best to put out the flame not fan the flame, not throw gasoline on it. And many have pointed out that President Trump's language, SOB, referring to NFL players who peacefully protest racial injustice, SOB, that language far stronger than what the president said about white supremacists in Charlottesville, where, let's not forget, a young woman, Heather Heyer, was killed, man. Where is Colin Kaepernick at in a year later? A year later, uh, still uh, from a visible standpoint, unemployed as far as the NFL is concerned, and that's another hold issue. But, Charlie, the one thing I have to give him credit for, even though I might choose a different course of action myself, the fact of the matter is he's committed. He's put his money where his mouth is, nearly a million dollars to community efforts to be a bridge builder, and he's personally been out there doing it. So he's not just someone sitting up, living comfortably off of his money and talking about an issue. He's out there on the front lines, and he's involved. Let me show you this tweet he just recently put up, encouraging people. He put up a few minutes ago today, uh, telling people don't go to the game. It says, if NFL fans 
refuse to go to games until players stop disrespecting our flag or country, you will see change take place fast. Fire or suspense. So is he trying to uh, kind of front end or, 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 or interfere with uh, those that are boycotting on behalf of Kaepernick? Well, first of all, Reverend Al, I want to thank God for giving us the opportunity to wake up this morning and speak on behalf of our people. You know, and, and honestly speaking, when I look at where we are right now, it's, uh, it's beyond us getting justice in America. It's absolutely time for the Congressional Black Caucus to call for human rights violations that That's have right. occurred past and previously. You know, and I think right now, the civil, it's a civil rights issue within the context of what President Trump said the other night. And as far as hampering athletes to be able to employ or get employment or gain employment. And, you know, when I think about his, his whole thing is when was America, make America great again. Now we see that 1817 is more likely when he's thinking about America being great as opposed to us kneeling on behalf of righteousness and justice. He wants us to be kneeling in the cotton fields again, but it's a different day in that we who are Mindful, we have to stand up and battle this thing, and, and it can't be us in a war of words of, of back and forth. Of no, it's about making making moves like I'm like I'm talking about. Go to the world court, reach outside of the nation for help from Brazil, Russia, and China, India, South Africa, the BRICS nations who may invest in black people because right now it's a it's a standard that he has set where he's trying to set up. Race, uh, a basic race war, and it's ugly, man. And then to hear him just to go off on black women and women, women should be outraged all over the planet. Earth. The president said that kneeling has nothing to do with race. Colin Kaepernick took a kneel, took to his knees in these games, many of these games, specifically because he said black people in this country were not being treated fairly by police. How is that not an issue of race? I think that the focus has long since changed, uh, and certainly the message and what a lot has been communicated over these last several weeks uh, through this process, through this protest by these players. All right. Sarah, uh, from this podium, you've often expressed some frustration about uh, the media not focusing on the agenda that the president has, substantive issues, things he wants to get done, tax reform, health care, et cetera. When did the president decide at this rally that he was going to spend so much time talking about the flag itself? And, and doesn't that distract from the things that you are trying to accomplish this week, whether it's tax reform or health care or the efforts in Puerto Rico or the showdown with North Korea? Uh, look, I certainly don't think uh, that talking about the American flag is a distraction for the President of the United States. You see, Sarah, how it's, it's, it's taken up so much oxygen, right? When the President speaks about that particular issue, you see how the majority of questions that have been asked of you so far today have been about this particular well, that's issue. Well, that's determined by you guys. He has a tremendous amount of power when he tweets, and we report on it. And so when he tweets something, it does take away from his legislative agenda. Would you not agree? Uh, no, I don't, because I think that it's important for a president to show patriotism. Because you talk about the president wanting to defend the flag. Uh, you know the oath of office was to defend the Constitution. So does the president have a problem with the First Amendment? Not at all. The president is simply stating uh, that pride in our country is a good thing. It's something that we should all celebrate. It's something that should, frankly, bring us together, not divide us. Standing up for the national anthem, he feels, is a symbol of that. Jim. Just a yeah. Can I uh, follow up on what Hallie was asking? 
Uh, why is it that the president over the weekend is going after or seeming to go after African-American athletes? And then this morning he's putting out a tweet praising NASCAR, which obviously uh, is geared towards a different demographic, and the way they uh, stand and respect and honor of the flag. Uh, is he trying to wage something? Thank you, Jake. Thank you, Dana, for that engaging debate. This is CNN Tonight. I'm Don Lemon. So we're going to start by setting the record straight here. Taking a knee at an NFL game was never about the flag or the military. That's what the president wants you to believe. It gives his insulting sons of bitches comment cover. A comment that not only insults hardworking professional men, but tries to drag their mothers down to his level as well. Taking a knee is a constitutionally protected expression. It falls within league rules, period. If anyone actually believes this is about the flag, then you must believe Rosa Parks' protest was about a bus. Think about that. And while you're thinking about it, listen to Kaepernick one year ago. The media painted this as um, anti-American, anti-men and women of the military. And that's not the case at all. Uh, you know, I realize that men and women of the military uh, go out and sacrifice their lives and put their themselves in harm's way for my freedom of speech and my freedoms in this country and my freedom to take a seat or take a knee. Uh, so I have the most respect for them. Here's what this is about. It's about focusing attention on racial injustice, focusing attention on racial injustice. It's about challenging our country to extend the promise that of that flag to all citizens including the citizens whose ancestors were slaves. You may not agree with Colin Kaepernick or the scores of players who take a knee or took a knee this weekend, and that is okay. You don't have to agree with them. But that's not really the point here. No American gets to tell another American how to express their love for this country. Now let's talk about patriotism. What is it? Is it draping oneself in the flag? Is it the pageantry and spectacle of a ball game, standing up, for the national anthem? Or is it standing up for the founding principles of this country? Standing up for the very first amendment of our Constitution, the very first one, which is freedom of expression. Standing up for our brothers and sisters who may not look like us or share our religious beliefs or are of a different political persuasion. Is it prioritizing racism even when it may not directly affect you? Injustice anywhere is a threat to justice everywhere. We are caught in an inescapable network of mutuality, tied in a single garment of destiny. Whatever affects one directly affects all indirectly. That was Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. What he understood was patriotism comes in many forms, enshrined in the words of the Star Spangled Banner or the land of the free. Free meaning you may choose to stand in the home of the brave, Someone else may be brave enough to put their livelihoods on the line and choose to kneel. Standing or kneeling, what does it matter? What matters is what's in your heart, and that is the American way. It's, it's no surprise. This is a very, very passionate issue. And I think we've, we've finally seen everyone come together uh, unified as far as the NFL is concerned for the first time in a long time. Cece, you were at an NFL game this weekend. Mm-hmm. What was your reaction? What did you see? And, and, and what did you hear around you? Well, it's um, it, it, first of all, the NFL community, it's a, it's a very small community. But um, 
Yesterday, we were able to see the NFL community at its absolute best. Because um, I've mentioned to you before in, in passing the number of players, 27,000 men have played in the National Football League in 98 years. But less than 30,000 have been owners, coaches, general managers, and front office people. So as far as a fraternity of people, there's only 30,000 people that have ever done this job ever before. And it was one of the moments where I was very, very proud. I remember 9-11. We canceled football for 9-11 to support that, to realize and letting Americans know that football was not more important than the overall well-being of American safety. The next week, we played in Chicago. I remember there was American flags all across the field. And what it did, it took me back to then, 9-11 and then yesterday. So for me, I was just as proud as the players who all stood there being citizens of America and yesterday being part of that very, very unique group that I'm a part of that have been associated with this game and in this game and this business has changed our life. What I liked, too, was it was well thought out because there was a lot of players, and it's just the way it is, they didn't have an opinion. They didn't want to protest. They didn't want to do anything. That's why you had to have coaches like Mike Tomlin with some forethought to see it it makes the other people uncomfortable. So it was awesome to see. I was in Philadelphia, and it was a number of different displays, but the display of unity, not only on the field, but what we saw from the Players Association to the NFL, to me, that was refreshing to see because this has been a great business. It's been a great business for a lot of people. And to see them come together, um, actually what the president did, he united um, a protest and made it even stronger because it was starting to fizzle out until he had said something. I- you mentioned the president. I'm not, I am not going to engage on what the president did. I'm not going to engage on the absurdity that we just ran a clip where a player quotes the president of the United States and we felt we needed to bleep it. I mean, I'm not going to engage on the absurdity that the day after the president was inaugurated, via his favorite form of communication, Twitter, he tweeted his resolute regard and support of peaceful protests, of which this is as peaceful as it gets. What I will engage on is what is actually happening. Because I can't walk past a television screen, news or sports, without seeing this on the bottom line. NFL players protest anthem. It is amazing to get a fact error in a four-word headline. When people march, they are not protesting traffic. The players have been uniform that they are using the anthem as a vehicle to protest inequality, police brutality, and racial injustice. And this story by the president and others, many well before the president ever chimed in, has been hijacked to making it about the anthem. 
when in reality the anthem was always just the vehicle. And I just, I, I want to remind people how this went. Colin Kaepernick was sitting. He wasn't kneeling. He was sitting. Why did he start to kneel? Because he got with a Navy SEAL, Nate Boyer, talked with Nate Boyer. Mm-hmm. Nate Boyer, who sacrificed as much as anyone can for this country without giving their life or limb, talked with him. Nate Boyer says he respects Cap and says, hey, it would sit better with us if you would kneel. Cap said, no problem. I can still get my point across. Every time Cap was asked about this, and any player I've heard asked about this, I have not heard one soundbite of a player being anti-military, of a player being, of a player outwardly attacking the fundamentals of what this country is supposed to be. This is a protest about whether or not the country has fulfilled its promise of equal protection under the law to all of its citizenry. And that conversation is one no one wants to have. That conversation is uncomfortable for people. So people literally drape themselves in the flag as a defense of it. Forgetting the fact that if we really want to get down to it, if you actually read the U.S. flag code, holding a flag horizontally, laying down, is listed as disrespect. Not sitting, not standing for the anthem is not. Wearing any type of flag clothing is listed as disrespect. Not standing for the anthem is not. But we we have perverted the discussion into an easy one to get to one of America's favorite old hobby horses, which is why aren't those black folks more grateful for what they got? And that's what we saw Friday night, and that's what the NFL responded to, and I agree with you, Chris. I was surprised how strong the owners came out, some with somewhat weak messages, but a lot of these owners gave the president a million dollars or more. Yes. And they came out and said, you can't curse our players. And then as an aside, be like, and you know what? The other thing that's wrong with football, not dangerous enough. Like that, I mean, that, that's being thrown aside, but that was, that was part of it as well. And so, yeah, the NFL did a good job. I just wish people remembered what this was about. This, and I agree with you, but to, to follow up with what Chris was saying, which I agree with, this is an issue that had for the most part found its way off headlines, top screens, front pages. And the only time we were talking about it, was when a player came out in favor of Colin Kaepernick playing. That was really when we were discussing it. Now the president has come out and he's, and he's, and he's comes out and he makes these statements and, and, and unifying the NFL, which is, I think, the opposite of what he wanted to do. And the irony is so blatant that the irony of how he wanted players to stop kneeling and all he did was completely unify them. I mean, he thought that he was going to come out and, 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 um, I, maybe he still does to a point. I, I think he thought that he had more support from the NFL players. And all it did was exactly what you said was it took Roger Goodell and the players and the owners and the union. And for the first time, they've all come together, not knowing exactly where we're going to go from here. And they said today on this Sunday, this is how we're going to respond to this. And it leads me to my question to you, Cece, as the only person up here who has played the sport if you were still playing, have you given thought to how you would respond and what you would do? If I was challenged by the president, um, I would have responded. Absolutely. I, I would have responded. And there's no way I would have let my brothers, um, being a leader, there's no way I would have let them um, take take all that heat. Um, 
Yeah, it would it would have been my pleasure to represent the National Football League and its players the same way I have since 1987 when the Philadelphia Eagles gave me my first job and only job, as I would say. So, yes, how I would have done it and everything, I don't know that, but I would have been a part of the solution compared to people thinking that taking a knee or being locked in arms is part of the problem. And and I just, before we move on, and I know we're going to talk about this later, I'd just like to say one thing to the people watching. We don't want to talk about this. Like, people, we ideally, honestly, I promise you, would like to, to use a phrase on Twitter, stick to sports. That, that, the, the 1 p.m. games yesterday Fantastic. was as good of a finish. It was exactly what the league needed. This is not what we know. This isn't what people tune to FS1 for or any sports network for. People, we know that sports are for a lot of people an escape. And this is, and this is to me another, I have very strong political opinions. I keep them mostly to myself. I'm engaged politically. I like to feel I'm well-read politically. We, The three of us off the air have these types of discussions. But we know it's not what you're here for. But when the president, within 12 hours, blanket statement, calls dozens of successful, responsible, almost exclusively black players, SOBs, then says, oh, yeah, the game should be more dangerous. And then the next morning, almost as a as a dessert, the whole thing's like, Steph Curry, you can't break up with me. I break up with you. We can't. We are not talking about sports without talking about this. And it's I I'm the of uh, listen, I say this from a place of extreme privilege. Like I that's that's where some of my anger comes from. Like this isn't what we're here for. But we have, and, and, and one thing that people said yesterday is sports is a unifier. And damn, man, there is nothing in this country that it seems like most people agree on. It's like 45, 45, and then 10 that's like, I don't know, I've never heard of this. And the one thing I thought was sports. And nah, man, we gotta draw a line there too. Who you with? What side you on? You gonna be for the NFL or against the NFL? You gonna be for the NBA players or against the NBA players? Pick a side. Because we got to do that with every, with everything. Does this does this last now? I mean, do, do you have any idea of what we're going to see next week? Is this something that's going to go on all season? In your opinion? Um, <laughs> as long as we have what we have in Washington D.C., the more sports and politics will be intertwined. So I, I, that question is not for me. That question is for someone else. Mm-hmm. But I'm going to talk about sports, yes, because I've been doing that mm-hmm. since I left college. Yep. Well, th- there happens to be a lot of sports mm-hmm. to talk about, especially after yesterday, like you mentioned. I was only wrong about to... everything this weekend. Got a we fun show. We're going to make sure we throw Nick as far under the bus as possible over the course of the next three hours. CC and I are flexed and ready to do that. Thanks for watching. Subscribe here to get the latest from the show. Also, be sure to check out more of the best clips from First Things First. Or go watch a few segments from other shows on FS1.
And I'm joined now by former NFL running back Brian Mitchell, who's an NFL analyst for Comcast Sportsnet and NBC Sports, and MSNBC political analyst Hugh Hewitt. He's the host of the Hugh Hewitt Show on Salem Radio Network and the host of Hugh Hewitt right here on MSNBC. Thanks to both of you for being with us. Uh, Brian, let me start with you. We had seen, I think, a bit of a lull, actually, at the start of this season in terms of uh, NFL players on the sidelines during the anthem participating in, in a form of protest. On Sunday, obviously, everything changed. Uh, I'd never seen that many players participating in it. What was the message? What was the message w w that you say uh, would say they were delivering uh, with so many NFL players doing that? Was this about the original issue of police uh, uh, brutality, of policing? Was this about the president? What was the message that, that, that came out of that? I think it's a combination of things. I think when you look at the fact that there were, some guys stood up last year, some guys well, kneeled down, some guys sat down, but a lot of guys were on that fence and not understanding whether or not they wanted to put themselves out there. You know, they watched what happened to Colin Ka Kaepernick and how he was ostracized and things like that, so some guys backed off of it. But once the president came out and he began to challenge guys and attack them in that manner, you're talking about a bunch of competitors out there. They're going to they're gonna galvanize and come together, and they're going to support their uh, guys that are doing things. Uh, most of these guys do great things in the community. Most of these guys try to go out there and combat different things that a lot of guys are kneeling to talk about. And then all of a sudden you get someone calls them sons of bitches and all that type of thing. What do you expect them to do? They're going to sit up there and support each other. And as I stated earlier on the show, I believe that the owners got involved because when you start telling people to leave the stadium, that's impacting their pocket. They, they got involved because of that more than, than, than because of any reason that a guy was kneeling or not standing for the uh, national anthem. And Hugh, that raises an interesting point, the idea that, that Trump with what he said on Friday introduced sort of a, a new ethic into this, the ethic of standing for your teammate, of standing by uh, your teammate, where before I think there'd been a lot of objections here uh, on just the idea of is the anthem the right time to be making a, a protest about policing? Did Trump, with his comments, make this about something bigger, uh, about loyalty to teammates? Uh, he did. I think it's very unfortunate the president used the SOB term. I don't think that ought to be used about anyone. Deshaun Kaiser, who's the new rookie quarterback of the Browns, said, I'm not an SOB. He's a good kid from Toledo Central Catholic. Going to be a great quarterback for the Browns, whom I love dearly and have been watching since before Brian was born. I think I saw Bill Nelson <laughs> handing off to uh, Leroy Kelly before Brian was even born. I do think we're at a Humpty Dumpty moment for the NFL and that the Washington Manhattan media is focused on the president. But the president connects with Budweiser America in a way that the NFL's got to be very aware of. I don't like his language. I deplore it, in fact. But he, the, the reaction I got on the morning radio show today was so diverse. There were 330 million different reactions to yesterday, and there were hundreds of different messages sent, including by Pittsburgh Steelers tackle and Army Ranger Villanueva. To, I, I mean, it was so complicated, Steve, but it's a Humpty Dumpty moment. And I think the NFL is putting at risk the marginal fan and even some long-standing fans who may not have held season tickets with the Browns since 99 like I have, but who are very much concerned that the game is becoming polarized and politicized when it used to be something about which people came together.
Yeah, Brian, let me ask you about that. I think we showed this poll, but uh, and it's it's from a year ago. We'll, I, I bet there's going to be a bunch of polls in the next week, and we'll see if the numbers have changed. But a year ago, when Colin Kaepernick was sort of starting up with the uh, with the protests, 54 percent of Americans said as a form of protest, they, they didn't approve of the idea of kneeling during a national anthem, not standing during the national anthem. At that time, President Obama was asked about it. He said he wants Mr. Kaepernick and, and others who are on a knee, I want them to listen to the pain they may cause someone who... For example, who had a spouse or child who died in combat and why that might hurt them to see someone not standing. That was at least originally the, 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 one of the major uh, issues at play here. Is there still room in this debate for the case to be made that uh, there are legitimate political issues out there to be raised involving policing, but the anthem is not uh, the right way to do that, just given how much the flag and the anthem mean to so many people? That's that's uh you know you can you can put it that way if you want to just ignore the fact of why they're doing it. I, I think the whole thing about this situation is, it's not anyone's right to tell another person when it's their time to go out there and try to stand for something. And I think we we don't see anywhere written in the Constitution or anywhere else that you have to stand. Because I always ask the question, and I went to a bar right after Colin Kaepernick started doing this last year, and I stood there when they started playing the national anthem on TV. I looked around to see who was going to stand up. Nobody got off of their butts. Everybody sat down. So I stood up and said, y'all not going to stand up. See, this is the whole thing about it. We sit up here and we're, ta- we're telling athletes when the Department of Defense started paying the NFL and all this stuff, and that's why guys stand up for the National Anthem and they play it prior to the football game. This is not nothing that's been written in history. Okay, and then now you see the NFL having to give money back because they were paying them to flyovers and all these different type of things. This was thrown onto the players. Okay, and now when the players want to say, okay, this is when everybody wants to watch it, this is when I'm going to make my statement because everybody around this country in all facets use athletes to promote whatever their agenda is. But when an athlete wants to stand up for something, and when you stand up for inequalities or people dying and nobody having any consequences for it, I think that's just as important as anything else. We could sit here and try to make it seem like, well, not at the national anthem, but when? If I write a congressman, you're not going to hear about it. The millions of people won't hear anything about it. We're talking about this over a year later. Why? Because somebody did it at a time when it was uncomfortable. Protest is not comfortable to people. And that's the whole thing about it. We sit in here, we act like anytime someone does something against what we think, then, you know, we got to just ask and push them away. I think it's the right time because there are people that also fought. People that go to war all the time that say, this is their right. I have no problem with that. But nobody jumps on that side. It's always against what the guys are doing for the people that don't like the fact that they chose this moment. And this issue of race, obviously, is it's unavoidable in this. Just to, This was a, a black NFL player who wanted to make a statement originally uh, about policing. Uh, you, had, uh, you saw the scenes yesterday. Uh, you can see on your screen right now, lots of black players yesterday were, uh, were making this statement uh, during the game. Uh, before the game, I should say. The White House, though, was asked, Sarah Huckabee Sanders, the White House spokes, uh, spokesperson, she was asked today uh, if this is an issue of race. I just want to play what her response was. The president said that kneeling has nothing to do with race. Colin Kaepernick took a kneel, t- took to his knees in these games, many of these games, specifically because he said black people in this country were not being treated fairly by police. How is that not an issue of race? I think that the focus has long since changed, uh, and certainly the message and what a lot has been communicated over these last several weeks uh, through this process, through this protest by these players. Hugh, is that a a tenable position for the White House to say race has nothing to do with this? 
No, no. It would be much better if the White House were to say it used to be the color in the NFL meant that when maize and blue Tom Darden went to scarlet and gray Ohio, he became a brown and orange brown. That that it was a colorblind league and that John Wooten could play next to Dick Shafrath and people wouldn't notice it. Jim Brown had problems with race. There have always been issues with race in every professional sports. Colin Kaepernick took the knee and his socks had policemen dressed as pigs or pigs dressed as policemen. It was insane. And it set off all the fireworks that we see today. I would like everyone to step back, sit down for a while, calmly talk like LeBron James did today. Gave a long press conference. I read every word of it. Steph Curry, everyone outside of the context of the national anthem. I believe that is a uniquely uh, uh, important moment that uh, misunderstood intentions become very divisive. And I think the NFL is really at a moment where they could use some leadership. And I would guess, Steve, if you went around the room for all the crisis communicators surrounding the commissioner, not one of them voted for Donald Trump. I think they are missing the peril that the NFL is in on top of their their brain issues that are coming up that I disagree with the president about as well. But everyone should just step back here and try and make Sunday the day that people and Monday night and Thursday night, the day that people enjoy professionals like Brian, uh, Brian doing what they do best, which is playing a game Americans love. All right. Hugh Hewitt and Brian Mitchell. Thank you both for the time. Appreciate it. Thanks, Stephen. Hey there, I'm Chris Hayes from MSNBC. Thanks for watching MSNBC on YouTube. If you want to keep up to date with the videos we're putting out, you can click subscribe just below me or click over on this list to see lots of other great videos. Colin Kaepernick's decision to not stand in protest during the national anthem caused other NFL players to follow his lead yesterday. Kaepernick and the 49ers play tonight, but on Sunday, several NFL players, including members of the Dolphins, Chiefs, Patriots, and the entire Seahawks team, demonstrated in different ways during the anthem. Shannon, what's your reaction to the protests? I've heard so many analysts and prominent figures say today, which was yesterday, 9-11, it's not about you. It's about the unity of this country. It's about the support of our fallen heroes, the men and women that lost their lives in those two towers. And I agree. But then I see President Obama in a pre-taped speech talking about this unity, about this resolve. And I hear around the NFL fans booing as he's talking about this unity and resolve. So if today is about unity and resolve, why are you booing the president? Why are you booing the president? Oh, that's right. You're voicing your First Amendment right. That's how it goes. See, what I'm starting to understand about the United States of America is that we are united when it's a foreign enemy. When we go to the Olympics, it's the USA versus everyone else. The World Cup, our women go every every four years. They normally win. Our men, sometimes they go. But when the men and women go to the World Cup, Skip, Joy, it's us against them. Sure. Now. When we have some people that want to stand up and voice their opinions about the wrongs, the inequities of a certain minority group, be it black, Latino, be it the women, be it LBGT, mm -hmm. we're not as united as we think. Because, see, I'm starting to realize if you not, if you don't look like me, 
if your orientation is not like mine, if your political affiliation is not like mine, I'm not going to stand united with you. Mm-hmm. The gesture, what the Seahawks did, they said it was an act of unity. So what are we united for and who are we united against? Because see, now the act is the, what, what has taken place <laughs> is that we're talking more about the protest itself as opposed to the issues that Colin Kaepernick started protesting in the beginning. This was about the police brutality. This was about minorities not getting equal justice or equal compensation. Now we're talking about standing in cities. Now we're talking about the flag. Now we're talking about the military. Now we're talking about the national anthem. The national anthem, everything. You should never say all or everything because nothing is everything and nothing is all. The flag does not represent all and everything to everyone. Frederick Douglass once said, what is the 4th of July to a slave? The 4th of July is independence. It's about freedom. But what does it mean to him that's not free? If you look at Francis Scott Key, who wrote the anthem, they subtracted. They didn't subtract it. They don't sing the third stanza. That's correct. Why is that, I wonder? Here's a guy that owned slaves that said, the land of the free. But as a slave, I'm not free. So what am I to be proud of? Mm -hmm. So, again, back to this united front. We got to pick and choose. If we're going to be united, are we just going to be united on 9-11 when we're talking about the fallen heroes? that ran into that building as it was crumbling down to try and save people. But this is the same group that we honor every September 11th that Congress took their slow and good time when it came to the 9-11 Responders and Healthcare Act compensation. They filibustered it for the longest time. Mm-hmm. I won't get into what party, left or right, but let's just say this. The current Speaker of the Senate spoke at nauseam and did everything he possibly could not to get this bill passed. It finally passed five years later, this great united front that we seem to put on. I love it how we're united when it comes to a, uh, uh, something that we do not agree with. So because I read, look, this is about the victims. It's about the fallen heroes. This is their moment. This is not where you take a stand and try to get your... Whoa, whoa, whoa. People were booing. People disagreeing with people's mm-hmm. First Amendment. Yep. That's not how it's supposed to work. And so now we're talking about the actual acts of the protest. Well, Colin Kaepernick took a knee. The guys raised their fists. The guys locked arms. We still not talking about the issues and what Colin Kaepernick originally brought to the table, which were the police brutality mm-hmm. and the inequities that, in, that lie within our system we still have a long way to go and we can't keep see we can't keep hiding behind 9-11 because at some point in time we're going to have to seriously address these issues I was there in the winter of 64 When we camped in the ice at Nashville's door 
300 miles our trail had led We barely had time to bury our dead When the Yankees charged and the colors fell Overton Hill was a living hell When we called retreat it was almost dark Died with a grape shot in my heart. Say a prayer for peace for every fallen son. Set my spirit free. Let me. Mother Mary, I'm so tired But I can't come home till the last shot's fired In June of 1944 I waited in the blood of Omaha shores Twenty-one and scared to death heart pounding in my chest I almost made the first sea wall when my friends turned and saw me fall I still smell the smoke I can taste the mud as I lay there dying from a loss of blood
we're so tired, but we can't come home. No, we can't come home till the last shots show for normal Americans. Does the truth matter? Not to groups like Black Lives Matter. That's tragic for many reasons, not the least of which is that black lives are being lost as a result. When it comes to the subject of American police, blacks, and the deadly use of force, Here is what we know. A recent deadly force study by Washington State University researcher Lois James found that police officers were less likely to shoot unarmed black suspects than unarmed white or Hispanic ones in simulated threat scenarios. Harvard economics professor Roland Fryer analyzed more than 1,000 officer-involved shootings across the country. He concluded that there is zero evidence of racial bias in police shootings. In Houston, he found that blacks were 24% less likely than whites to be shot by officers, even though the suspects were armed or violent. Does the truth matter? An analysis of the Washington Post's police shooting database and of federal crime statistics reveals that fully 12% of all whites and Hispanics who die of homicide are killed by cops. By contrast, Only 4% of black homicide victims are killed by cops. But isn't it a sign of bias that blacks make up 26% of police shooting victims, but only 13% of the national population? It is not, and common sense suggests why. Police shootings occur more frequently where officers confront armed or violently resisting suspects. Those suspects are disproportionately black. According to the most recent study by the Department of Justice, although blacks were only about 15% of the population in the 75 largest counties in the U.S., they were charged with 62% of all robberies, 57% of murders, and 45% of assaults. In New York City, blacks commit over three-quarters of all shootings, though they are only 23% of the city's population. Whites, by contrast, commit under 2% of all shootings in the city, though they are 34% of the population. New York's crime disparities are repeated in virtually every racially diverse city in America. The real problem facing inner-city black communities today is not the police, but criminals. In 2014, over 6,000 blacks were murdered, more than all white and Hispanic homicide victims combined. Who is killing them? Not the police, and not white civilians, but other blacks. In fact, a police officer is 18 and a half times more likely to be killed by a black male than an unarmed black male is to be killed by a police officer. If the police ended all use of lethal force tomorrow, it would have a negligible impact on the black death by homicide rate. 
In Chicago, through just the first six and a half months of 2016, over 2,300 people were shot. That's a shooting an hour during some weekends. The vast majority of the victims were black. During this same period, the Chicago police shot 12 people, all armed and dangerous. That's one half of 1% of all shootings. Does the truth matter? If it does, here's a truth worth pondering. There is no government agency more dedicated to the proposition that black lives matter than the police. The proactive policing revolution that began in the mid-1990s has dramatically brought down the inner city murder rate and saved tens of thousands of black lives. Unfortunately, that crime decline is now in jeopardy. As I write in my book, The War on Cops, police officers are backing off of proactive policing in black neighborhoods thanks to the false narrative that police officers are infected with homicidal bias. As a result, violent crime is going up. In cities with large black populations, homicides in 2015 rose anywhere from 54% in Washington, D.C. to 90% in Cleveland. Overall, in the nation's 56 largest cities, homicides in 2015 rose 17%, a nearly unprecedented one-year spike. Many law-abiding residents of high-crime areas beg the police to maintain order, precisely the type of policing that the ACLU, progressive politicians, and the Obama Justice Department denounce as racist. This is tragic because when the police refrain from proactive policing, black lives are lost, lost because of a myth. The best research and data reach this conclusion. There is no evidence that police are killing blacks just because they're black. You now have the truth. Does it matter? I'm Heather McDonald of the Manhattan Institute for Prager University. To subscribe to our YouTube channel, click here. To help keep our videos free, donate here. All right, so we're aligned back. After all that media propaganda, we know the facts again, right? So I got to play some specific sound bites. And before we get the outright media lying, it kind of goes with the last one. I want you to listen to this soundbite, and then I'm going to tell you what the punchline is. Does the believe that there are very fine people who kneeled yesterday watching those games, or are they all SOBs? that been going around here today. Because you talk about the president wanting to defend the flag. Uh, you know the oath of office was to defend the Constitution. So does the president have a problem with the First Amendment? That the president over the weekend is going after or seeming to go after African American athletes. And then this morning he's putting out a tweet praising NASCAR, which obviously uh, is geared towards a different demographic, and the way they uh, stand and respect and honor the flag. Uh, is he trying to wage something of a cultural war? So, of course, that was the White House press briefing. And during those questions, some of those reporters were kneeling, just like Hollywood. I'm not making that up. Just like Hollywood. They kneeled during their job and the press brief. That's, That's what they did. 
Because that's what our media is. And if anybody out there on the left, even for one second, says Fox News again, I swear to God, the next life, I'm going to beat the shit out of you. Can't do it in this one because I'll go to jail. But the next life, I won't care. It'll be my second life. Because you're fucking idiots. And then we had anybody they could card out to say this shit. Our media lies. It's very clear that for his base, this is the red meat of all red meat because they're able to reframe this. They're able to say, oh, they're attacking the national anthem. They're attacking, they're attacking the troops. They're attacking the flag. None of which they're doing. They're not doing any of that. They're upset about racial injustice in the country and they're upset about the things that the president has said. And yet he's able to turn it around for his base. Isn't this all a play to his base? And could it possibly be so that they don't notice there is no health care, and North Korea is the biggest mess since the Cold War. Maybe a distraction he wants right now, right? Um, no, it definitely plays up to a corner of his base, a fraction of his base. I can tell you, I was talking to a Republican about this just a couple of hour, hours ago, and they don't see this helpful as being helpful at all. This source was saying, um, you know, these protesters were just a few uh, players, and they were barely getting any headlines, and then Trump attacked them and attacked the NFL, um, and ever since then it's just ratcheted up so that now you have a whole bunch of 200, what, 200 players taking a knee or back in the locker room not standing for the national anthem, and it's just, it's an ugly dispute right now, right? Um, People in general uh, don't like it when folks protest the national anthem, but it's become more. Of course, they're not debate, protesting the national the anthem. Right, correct. That's not it's what they're doing. Yeah, we're complicit. It, it's become, <laughs> it has become more than just about the flag, obviously, because the folks feel like the president is bullying uh, black uh, football players who, after the Charlottesville uh, controversy just a few weeks later. So, yeah, it's just. That all around for Republicans, we can say that. Yep. What we have to know is that politics and sports has been intrinsically woven over time. Whether we look at Juan Carlos and Tommy Smith in the 1968 Olympics putting their fist up, Muhammad Ali saying he won't go into a draft, or even the way Jackie Robinson integrated the MLB. This is not something new. This is just transformed into Colin Kaepernick and others. And we have to be very clear here. They're not protesting the flag. What they're protesting is social injustice, and that's what's important. NFL owners own teams. They don't own NFL players. But part of the problem is this plantation logic that says that we are somehow, because we're your employer, we somehow own you and we can determine your actions. He has Do you a think first CNN amendment. could fire me? Do you think CNN could fire me if, yeah, I, I, if I tweeted something inappropriate? Come on! Am I on a plantation? Yeah, is this my plantation because I could get fired if I did something or said you something that, stupid? Do you think that they would fire you for not standing up for the... That's a whole different thing. You're comparing two different things. They could. You know what? They very well... They would have the right to do it. They could do it. I don't think okay, that so, CNN would fire you for that. But I, Okay, first of all... I, I come on here every week and talk about white supremacy. I say Donald Trump's a white supremacist. I don't stand for the national anthem, and CNN still employs me. You have a right to do that. It's not a plantation logic to have rules. It's a plantation logic to think that you can control people's minds and bodies and politics, which is what they're attempting to do with Colin Kaepernick. Also, not standing for the national anthem is not inappropriate or wrong. It's simply something you have a different point of view on. Colin it's Kaepernick, unpatriotic. You say, Tell that to it's, a veteran. It's unpatriotic is what it is. Let me respond to that. Okay, first of all, patriot, you don't get to define patriotism for 
for everybody else. People didn't die for the right to stand for a flag. They died for freedom and justice. And Colin Kaepernick is putting his knee down because there is an insufficient amount of freedom and justice for vulnerable black and brown people. When somebody dies in this country, we put the flag at half-mast. We have a flag, but we put it at half-mast. Colin Kaepernick's body is standing at half-mast every time he puts his knee on the ground because he's saying that America is not free yet. And yes, he's a millionaire and athlete. That's why we should be honoring him. He has everything to lose. Colin Kaepernick has privilege. He has access. He has money. If a TV anchor were asked to pledge allegiance every day, then a TV anchor would have a right to say, hey, I don't want to do that. Jack, the problem with Jack's argument is that he presumes that politics only starts at the protest. It's a political statement to pledge allegiance to the flag. It's a political statement to stand for uh, the, the, the singing of the national anthem. The fact is Colin Kaepernick and me and many other people simply have different politics. It's not neutral to, to, to pledge allegiance or sing the national anthem. It's an affirmation of the American empire. And he's saying, I don't want to do that under the current conditions. So you can't say that the people who stand are, are right and the people who don't stand are wrong if they advocate for free speech. What I'm saying very clearly, unequivocally, unapologetically on national television is that Donald J. Trump is a white supremacist. He supports white supremacy. He has white supremacy. Okay, well, then that's, that's all I needed to know, because I know that the, the quick thing on the left is to label the president as a white supremacist. And, and it's just so absurd. I mean, well, really, you know, he doesn't pick these fights based on skin color. He's picking it based on a belief that standing up for your country is a patriotic thing to do. Yes, they all justify it, because they're all African Americans. But if you were listening closely, you heard, I'm, I'm not even saying his goddamn name, say he never stands for the American flag. See, it's not about the protest anymore, as we'll prove. First and foremost, the U.S., Academy, known as West Point, brought in a Muslim extremist as an instructor to teach classes. And this week, a cadet was shown communists will win in his hat. It's from the graduation previously. Their statement, U.S. Military Academy strives to develop leaders who utilize the academy's, academy's motto, duty on a country and who live in the army value. Second Lieutenant Rapone's action is no way reflects value. Spin, spin, spin. But they didn't do anything about, you know, and his father disavowed him. His father disavowed him for what he did. His father. His own father. But that's because he had that instructor. He had him. That was his instructor. Teaching him communism is good and America's wrong. And I want you to key in on the fact that we have spent weeks covering all the crazy college stuff. We, we cover it all the time. I cover it for a reason. That is the bedrock of progressivism. That's why we get these protests. That's why we have this civil unrest. One tweet I found from James Wood, when you sit or kneel in the dirt, here's who you're doing it with. Linda Sassar, Tanishi Coates, and three other militants. They did theirs this week. 
The New York Times during this, New York Times opinion. For all its flaws, the communist revolution taught Chinese women to dream big. Researchers also observed that after mar- marriage, factory women often experienced slower career advance than the men as they became saddled to domestic responsibilities that left them with little time to learn new skills and take on extra work. State services that promised to ease their burden, like public child care centers, were in reality few and far between. Unlike their counterparts in developed countries, Chinese women didn't have labor-saving household appliances since Mao's economic policies prioritized heavy industry over the production of consumer products like washing machines and dishwashers. But these women were able to dream. Stephen Miller. They were raped, tortured, starved, kidnapped, and beaten, but at least communism gave them dreams. Simultaneous this week, Antifa protester in Portland got five years. I want you to think what he got thrown in jail for. I didn't even know this was happening. The national news never carried this. He threw a flare in a cop car and it caught on fire where the police were still in it. Another element hates America. Slate. White athletes still standing for the anthem are standing for white supremacy. Oh, there's numerous this week spawning out of HuffPo, Slate, Vox. The absence of white athletes kneeling for the anthem Sunday was a particularly illustrative motive, motive moment in white privilege. Doing a good job, Aaron Rodgers. Good job, buddy. You, you, you shirked that white privilege. I mean, he did come from Cal, so I don't know why I'm surprised. See, for white athletes, the anthem and America flag do represent freedom, liberty, and whatever other amorphous American values one might ascribe these symbols. So from their view, kneeling would be disrespectful to the privileges a white supremacist nation affords them. We've all heard the typical argument, kneeling during the anthem disrespects the flag and the soldiers who fought for your rights to protest and blah, 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 patriotism. I'm reading this word for word. There's no... Inference on my part. Now I'm not going to spend much time with the most obvious counter, but it's worth stating. In the fairy tale we Americans tell ourselves where soldiers fight wars for freedom and non imperial conquest, the story says they're fighting for someone's right to protest, not the opposite. So using the troops as a cudgel against protest wholly misunderstands, misunderstands even our own national fairy tale. So what's, so that's obvious enough, but what I'm talking about is this. If white athletes can't fathom kneeling because they feel soldiers fought for the right and blah blah patriotism, it's because they are treated as full citizens afforded those rights they imagine soldiers fought for. Interpreting their own experience as something more universal, they struggle to understand why anyone would kneel. Indeed for them, the anthem and the American flag represent promise fulfilled. This is the problem of privilege. Excuse the ability to grasp what the world looks like outside our view. But even in the terms of American values, Kaepernick's point is quite straightforward. The promises that underline those values remain unfulfilled for black people. But that's sit for a second. 70% of the NFL's African-American average salary is $1.9 million. I don't need you to do the math. I already did it for you. They're unfulfilled. This isn't a matter of opinion. Statistics regarding disparities along racial lines regarding wealth, education, health food, healthy food, excuse me, employment, health care, housing, wages, criminal charges, sentences are practically 
every other imaginable measure of quality of life. This isn't a mistake of history or attributes to individuals or cultural traits of the oppressed. These are the results of centuries of systematic white supremacy, plain and simple. Understand this, white supremacy, as in the structure of opportunity, the legacy of ongoing oppression of non-whites and the asymmetrical hoarding of resources by whites is what afforded us the privileges that limit our view, making a peaceful act of protest seem offensive in spite of the broader context of what's being protested. And the ignorant result of that privilege was on full display Sunday as white players stood next to their black teammates. So let's at least be clear that what those players stood for on Sunday was white supremacy, full stop. This was written by the same piece of fucking refuse that said physical violence is needed to fix America. Then Lena Dunham this week. Lena Dunham doubles down after Kathy Griffin compares Trump to mass murderer Dylan Roof under Cliff circumstances. Not only is he a racist, but he's a racist with untreated mental illness. So under different circumstances, he's Dylan Roof. Lena Dunham doesn't just think Donald Trump is racist. She believes he's a racist with untreated mental illness, comparing him to convicted mass murderer Dylan Roof. The comment from the girl star came in response to a full frontal with Samantha Bee, Trayvon Free's Twitter thread about the media being afraid to call the president a racist despite the Free deems racist behavior. After he declared Trump, after she declared Trump a racist, or he declared Trump a racist, Dunham replied, not only is a racist, but blah, 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 blah. Washington Examiner, Democratic-Republican Representative Al Green plans to force vote to impeach Trump over NML NFL comments. The article by The Hill says, in a symbolic move, but his statement, I denounce the comments that were made and I rise to announce that on next week, Mr. Speaker, I'll bring privilege resolution before the Congress of the United States, said Green, a member of the Congressional Black Caucus. I will stand here in the well of the Congress, and I will call for impeachment of the President of the United States of America. Then Slate came in. Slate writer compares NFL players' disrespect of Anthem to great protest movements of history. It was John Legend. He actively encouraged a hostile foreign power to infiltrate the electoral process. He wants to suppress millions of Americans down the whole list of deplorables. Legend skipped over the fact that Connor was a Democrat. Would the act has passed without Republican support? No. Democrat Al Gore Sr. and Robert Byrd were among the 21 Democrats who voted against civil rights, but Legend gives credit for it anyway to President Kennedy and President Johnson. It's the same old thing that Republicans have always been racist. Always been racist. With the protest lies that we heard, Shep Smith, we never stand for the anthem. Are you see where I'm going with it? This has nothing to do with Kaepernick. This no longer has to do with anything but Trump. We don't like Trump. We don't like America as it is. We want America the way we want it. I literally heard Mike Greenberg say that America is a place where we as Americans are able to have the America we want. That's that's what they said. Articles on communism. 
articles on what he said is wrong. No coverage of the polls that actually say America's with us. No coverage of a counterpoint anywhere on any of that. I, I have fucking watched five days of Mike and Mike and listened to the Dan Lebertard show. No opposing views. No video of people protesting, burning shit. No social media rants. No coverage of what everything I'm about to talk to you about. Which starts with just a simple montage. This is just a, this is just the tip of the iceberg of people burning gear, season tickets, which will explain why they're doing it. Not anymore. 25 dollar fitted ball cap. Not anymore. Another fitted steeler cap. Another fitted steeler cap. Not anymore. Here's one of my several steeler jerseys. You've messed up Pittsburgh Steelers. You've messed up NFL. Not anymore. Never again will I waste one minute of my life following the NFL or the Pittsburgh Steelers. This is my expression of my First Amendment right in the protest of the NFL players who chose to kneel for the national anthem. Burn. That should catch the other ones on fire. There we go. Yep. That's what I think of the New England Patriots now.
not going to watch the games anymore because I've had it. So here you go, Kansas City Chiefs. Here's what you've earned. Let's start with that one. That'll burn nice. This is Edward Jefferson Smith, Jr., who was serving his country in the United States Navy, who died September 9, 1971, in a training accident while serving his country. This is what I have to remember him by. This is it. This is what you're kneeling for. This is what you're locking arms in unity in front of. This flag means something to many of us. And you guys are choosing to use it for politics in a place where politics doesn't belong. I'm so disheartened as a fan of the Green Bay Packers since I can remember. Since I was three years old, I remember listening to it on the radio when we couldn't watch it on TV. I have spent years acquiring things for the Green Bay Packers, memorabilia, shirts, flags, things along that line. Today I'm burning it all because I don't want anything to do with an organization that chooses to put politics before country. And I know that you think you're making a statement. And you are. And it's the wrong one. You are crapping on the families of the fallen. You are crapping on the families who sacrificed. Those who continue to serve, you're crapping on. I was lucky enough where my mom remarried and married a man who served 20 years in the Air Force Reserve. I'm proud of him. He doesn't want you kneeling in front of the flag either. I've asked him. Why don't you guys do everybody a favor? Come to someone's home who has a family member who sacrificed it all. Come break bread at my table with me. Let's have a discussion. You want this to be about something. Come and talk with me and understand my perspective and how much it means to me to stand with my heart over the flag, with my hand over my heart in front of the flag. It brings tears to my eyes to do it every single time it happens. Until then, I can't support your organization. I'm out as a Packer fan, and I've been one for 44 years. That's what your statement is doing. of the iceberg. There's thousands. And for all those liberals out there, why would you, you're burning some you bought. They're just going to re, no, they can't reissue season tickets. The people you see burning season tickets are doing it on purpose. The moment they're burned, they're no longer reissued. They're not selling them. They are so upset. They have chose to take thousands of dollars, burn it, so nobody can have that seat. Nobody. They want it to be an empty seat. NFL, Green Bay Packers, owned by the people, dozens, I've read, are saying they're not going and they burned their tickets. They're not giving up their shares because they don't want them to get any more shares. 
Because now the institution of the Packers is doing it. Ted Thompson. All of them. It'll be very interesting tonight. I, I'm going to tape it, not watch it. In fact, I won't even do that. I'll just watch Mike and Mike in the morning, and I'll see what the fans did if they cover it. I'll probably have to go to conservative sites like Drudge to find it because the media won't cover it. They hate Trump so much, they, they, they haven't done the truth forever. I mean, do you know that Russia bought a bunch of bots on, on, uh, Facebook and Twitter that were pushing pro Hillary stuff? Have you heard that? It got released this week. The feds released it. Came out in the Mueller investigation. You haven't heard it because they don't want you to know it. Just like they don't want you to know, Barr makes doormat out of Marshawn Lynch Kaepernick jersey. Lake Ozark, Missouri, a Missouri bar owner is defending the use of two NFL jerseys, including Colin Kaepernick's as doormats that were taped to the ground. It's fucking awesome. This play outside Snafu Bar in Lake Ozark originally showed Lynch Oakland Raiders jersey taped to the ground and left to Kaepernick's. After someone who saw this play complained on the bar's Facebook page that the arrangement of the names could be construed as a message calling for violence against Kaepernick, the station reports bar owner Jesse Burrell switched the jersey placement. Burrell tells the station he meant no personal harm by this play. He says the jersey was put there to protest NFL players kneeling during the national anthem and insists it's not a race thing. Can you see how the left went with that? Violence. This week, Scalise came back. There is no mention of anything that's happened to a shooter, nor that he was a Bernie supporter, nor that he had a list of assassinations for the right. Still haven't heard anything about our closing, the shooting in Antioch, Tennessee by a black white, a black supremacist, Muslim. This week, Wiener was convicted, got jail time. Not a network said he was a Democrat. Not a network said Democrat. Said it a million times on the show. So these people are pushing back so much that Nike, Anheuser-Busch, Bose, Ford, Hyundai, Under Armour were forced to give statements the whole list. Barclay, Frito-Lay, Microsoft. This is, this pretty much sums up their responses now. Cause they too are probably hoping this is going away. Under Armour stands for the flag by our athletes for free speech expression in unified America. <laughs> they don't want to insult anybody. <clears throat> and now hashtag boycott NFL is rampant on Twitter and was trending until Twitter took it off the trend which is what they always do. And there's this. Here's why you should boycott the NFL if you're not doing it like I am for everything. On November 12th, those taking a knee in the NFL have every right to do so according to the right to freedom of speech. Peaceful protests cover the First Amendment. However, just because you have the right to do something doesn't always mean you should do it. People are not upset that players are protesting. People are upset that they are bringing politics into football, for one, and that they are choosing to protest during the moment we take in honor of those veterans fighting and falling for our freedom and our country. 
the most unifying thing we do is the National Anthem, Pledge of Allegiance, etc. A school district is now being forced to send Pledge of Allegiance release forms because African American kids, because of their parents, just like the middle schools that are kneeling during the National Anthem, are complaining that their kids are being forced to do the Pledge of Allegiance. Now there's been a boycott being shared via Facebook and word of mouth. November 12th just happens to be NFL Sunday during Veterans Weekend. Here's a script that I have already shared on the Facebook page. People are now calling for the complete national boycott of the NFL for Sunday, November 12th, Veterans Day weekend. They are calling for boycott of the football telecast. All fans, all ticket holders, stay away from attending any games. Let them play to empty stadiums. Pass this post along to all your friends and family. Honor our military, some of whom come home with American flags draped over the coffin. There are plenty of ways, times, and places to protest concerning one's chosen cause. But to do so during a brief special time set aside to honor our nation's flag and the bravery and lives of our nation's military heroes is inappropriate and disrespectful. Of course, black lives matter, but so do the precious lives of millions of U.S. soldiers of all races who made the ultimate sacrifice to defend and protect our nation's rights and freedoms and who most certainly deserve all our respect. It's not about Trump. It's all about those brave, bravely and unselfish who serve and who have served our nation. The Star Spangled Banner is a pre- pre- presented to honor them. I sure as heck agree and will be boycotting. How about you, Sheriff? You do. A many a meme I saw, paralyzed veterans can stand. Why can't you? For those who don't believe me on the soundbite, RBE. At the very least, the Trump presidency has ripped the facade off the neutral media. There's maybe a handful of legit journalists, maybe, because they're kneeling. Stephen Miller summed it up. Firefighters. A la Katie Tour. Joy Reid came back again. Professor Moore on MSN DNC right now making a great point. We are re-entering an age of hero athletes. King James is Ali. Stephen Curry, King James, Kaepernick, and all the pro and college players and coaches stepping forward for BLM are indeed heirs to Ali. Somebody decided to take her to task. Ali was stripped of his belt and livelihood and could have been in prison. Shut up. That's that's how we're doing it. Numerous articles NFL sponsors start to push back over anthem protests. Won't read that because we just read it. But numerous people have lost it. Von Miller has lost numerous sponsors in Denver. Denver. We're not talking a bastion of conservatism. Moves it. Lost it. Numerous articles. Check to cash founder. Pulled all their protests. Oh, Tony. That's nothing. Direct TV is giving refunds on NFL Sunday ticket if the individual says it's because of the protest. It's already started. 
already started. It's it's starting, folks. And then there's this. Flag on the play. The NFL might get in trouble with taxpayers for getting political. The NFL's political jousting may very well have, been, have them off sides with taxpayers who often support the construction of shiny new stadiums with government dollars or tax benefits. They are a 501c. I bet you didn't know that. The NFL rakes in an estimated $1 billion in profits each year when enjoyed taxpayer funding for stadiums. As it stands now, the league receives billions of dollars in funding from local governments and on top of the receive hundreds of millions of dollars in tax breaks annually for their team stadiums, practice field facilities, and more. Tom Basile, host of Sunday in America and Syria, said this, Roger Cattell and team owners are playing with fire. In an effort to pander to their own players' politics, they're insulting a broad cross-section of Americans who are sick of the politicization of everything. Perhaps more damaging for the NFL is the fact that they risk exposing a tax scheme that would further engage fans and potentially jeopardize their entire business model. The last thing Goodell wants is people talking about NFL taxpayer subsidies. The NFL aired in primetime their unity ad on Sunday night, which seemed more like a political campaign spot than a public service ad. If the cleats were on the other foot, we'd never hear the end of it. Why should the NFL get away with taking in billions of dollars in taxpayer funds and, in effect, campaigning on the field any given Sunday? They ought not. Instead of entertaining political arguments, the NFL should stick to why they, what they know best, entertaining their fans. There are representatives pushing this in Congress. It'll never get approved. Because the left loves this. The left loves this. They love, they hate America. They hate a flag. They hate soldiers. They hate everything about Trump. They hate the South. They hate Christians. They hate white people, even if they are white people. And BLM is now ruling the NFL. A fantastic article with less vitriol than I have, why NFL take-the-knee protests aren't reaching anyone. It's difficult to see the NFL's protests as anything other than just another confused, opportunistic slam on Trump, rather than a protest against, well, anything worth protesting. That's why President Trump criticized Kaepernick-inspired protests as total disrespect of our heritage, Friday in Alabama. I'm not going to read what he said, we all know it. But these kneeling demonstrations are not about disrespecting the flag or the nation. We are told... They are about alleged systematic racism in America and police brutality. To me, this is bigger than football, and it would be selfish on my part to look the other way, Kaepernick told the media in August 2016, because we still care what this guy thinks, and I'm not reading it because I don't give a fuck. It's hard to believe that that is the motivation behind the protest, because black lives are taken with impunity in places like Chicago, which just had its 500th homicide. It's hard to believe because African-American homicide rate is quadruple the national average, not as a result of cops killing black people. Statistics actually show more whites and Hispanics die from police homicides than blacks, but as a result of black-on-black crime. And no one is kneeling in the streets of Arena cities. In fact, based on the data from the Tuskegee Institute, no liberal site there. The number of black victims murdered at the hands of other blacks in any given two-year period is comparable to the number of black lynching victims during the entire period of 82 to 1968. 
let that sink in. When there was real racism, real racism, real police lynching from 1882 to 1968, I'm not a learning man, but that's over 80 fucking years. 86 to be exact. It's hard to believe because of the timing. These protests could join in to protest the killing of black lives and police brutality at the same time. They're doing it now because it's easy and extremely popular to protest Trump among certain crowds. Examples, the media. Why is it easy to believe that these NFL protests is nothing more than a protest against the country at large because these players take the knee during the national anthem? Robert Tzizki nails it over at the Federalist. The message is supposed to be, I'm protesting injustice, but it turns into, I'm protesting injustice, which I equate with America itself. It is the petulant demand that everyone else fall in line with the protesters' exact political preferences and their vague political program. I haven't found anybody who could tell me what concrete measures would convince the knee-takers to stand up again, or else they would refuse to love their own country. I'll let that sink in. You heard Lamont Hill. All you got to do is go over to Joy Racist Reed and read her feed to Nishi Coates, Linda Sossauer. They don't like the country. This isn't about cops. It's the country. They saw an angle to go after the last vestige of some unity in America where white, black, race, gender, didn't fucking care. It was now we take sides on a team, not political classifications. And the American National Anthem and flag, that's what they're after. They've been after the Pledge of Allegiance forever. They can disrespect the flag, thus the country, because they hate it. Trzinski goes on to argue that the core of the left seeks to convey the American is irredeemably evil message to tear down our constitutional order and make the country into something fundamentally transformed. All I got to do is say Obama. Why do you think fucking Trump got to like Obama? Eight years and normal Americans saw we don't need eight years. We were trying to change America to communism, socialism, whatever the fuck, a nanny state. Which, well, just just to segue for a second, these people that hate Trump because he's a fascist don't realize the government they want where you get everything for free the state runs your life, you morons. Anyway. So a great number of those who love American football are being thoroughly alienated by these protests. If the NFL players want the protest against injustice to be taken seriously, they want to find a sympathetic ear from their fellow Americans, then they ought to take a cue from Pittsburgh Steeler offensive lineman Alejandro Villanueva. We already know about him, blah, blah, blah. His name and gear has become the highest-selling apparel in the NFL. His jerseys are flying off the shelves because he was the only person to stand during the protest. Liberal media outlets like CNN can accuse President Trump and implicitly his supporters of having a dark racial sentiment behind his criticism of Kaepernick's kneeling. But if that 
excuse me, were true, why has America made a guy named Ala fucking Hondro an overnight sensation playing the most unglamorous position of offensive lineman, no less? Simple. Because this isn't about race. Americans love people who love America. They vehemently disagree with those who disrespect America. And kneeling to the national anthem is disrespect, even hateful, of America. As a military veteran, Villanueva understands that what is, that is, ah, that, which is why he warned Kaepernick last year. We've already read it on the show. Um... The kicker, Villanueva, actually agrees with Kaepernick's point about police brutality. I'll be the first one to hold hands with Kaepernick and do something about the way minorities are being treated in the United States, the injustice that's happening with police brutality, the justice system, inequalities, and pay, Villanueva said in 2016. You can't do it by looking away from people that are trying to protect freedom in our country. Villanueva stands with his peers, mistakenly so. On Monday, he even made him statements apologizing for unintentionally making his teammates look bad. But he's not the one turning people off and disrespecting the American flag and nation. His colleagues in the NFL and the echo chamber called mainstream media ought to learn from him. Ought to learn from him. It isn't about anything. It's about they already hate America. If you lined up, and I'm going to be racial, I'm sorry, there's no way to do this if if I don't point out that everybody kneeling last, 200 people were African American making on average $1.9 million a year. Saying America sucks. BLM isn't about police brutality. BLM is an avenue for black extremists to act like the KKK, but they get supported by the medium. I mean, right now we've had BLM pull people out, beat the fuck out of them. We've had fucking murders. We've talked about it on the show. We have them on tape saying, from like bacon, what do we want? Dead cops. What do we want now? What do we want? Dead cops. When do we want it now? I had to say it right. But the media loves them. Anything anti-Trump, anything anti-America is good for them. Remember, I need some of you new listeners. Go way back. In fact, maybe this week's is, um, you know, this is what I'm going to do. I'm off this week. I'm going to replay Why Does the Left Hate America? I'm about to find it. It's an old podcast. But I play people talking about Russia and the, the freaking arms race and how they fucking hate America. The left hates America. They think it's an evil country. They truly, when they write these op-eds, it's not for clickbait. They truly believe cops get in a car, and they go out and kill black people. We have a whole generation that believes it now. They truly believe the national anthem and the flag is white supremacy. They truly believe there's something called white privilege. If white privilege existed... Why is the NBA 85% black and the NFL 70%? That would mean mediocre white dudes would be able to play. We would just go with the white dudes. When it's about, what did I hear, 5% of college football players make it to the pro. That's including practice squads. 5%. 
If America was so racist, my fat ass, well, that's not a good analogy because I can't sing, but Vanilla Ice would be Jay-Z. Taylor Swift would be Bay, And there'd be effeminate gay men running college courses on the history of Taylor Swift instead of Beyonce. But that doesn't happen. If America was so racist, the majority of cop shootings wouldn't be white people. They'd be black. The majority of murders would be white people. But the black, because black people are killing them. The majority of everything. But when the liberals want to argue about welfare and they want to argue about who gets the most subsidies from the federal government, it's the white trailer trash. Anybody ever catch that and go, hmm, it's very interesting. Tweet over here, white privilege. Tweet over here from Lauren Duca or fucking Lena Dunham. The trailer trash. Those red states suck the money out of the coast. And those red states are predominantly white because nobody wants to live in Kansas. Not even the white people. But interesting things before I go into our reality check. That's how we're going to close this out. And then we're just going to go into serious news um, about the Antioch shooting and we'll wrap this puppy up. Here's a flashback. Anybody remember this? When Tebow knelt, the media double standard, when an NFL player kneels in protest is considered unifying according to MSDNC. When Tim Tebow kneeled in prayer, NBC called it polarizing. While the NFL outrage purged poured in and on all fronts over the weekend, result mass protests amongst football players, blah, 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 blah. It's interesting to note that about six years ago, the same outlets bashed quarterback Tim Tebow for kneeling on the field in prayer. In 2015, Matt Lauer on The Peacock called Tebow one of the most popular and polarizing quarterbacks in NFL history. But that's just some of the nicer things media has claimed on Tebow for daring to flaunt his Christianity. In 2012, the always classy Chelsea Handler said that if she taped Tebow, it would be reverse rape. If she raped, what did she say? If she dated Tebow, it would be reverse rape. Called Tebow, CBSChicago.com called Tebow a little more than an affable simpleton earlier that same year. And when the New York Jets hired Tebow, Nation... Nation Sports editor David Zirin accused them of moving backwards 30 or 40 years because LGBT fans don't didn't like Tebow. There wasn't even a real controversy per- perpetrated by T- Tebow. He didn't commute a crime or protest. CBS Sports columnist Greg Doyle said in 2011 that if Tebow had more class, he'd just kill dogs or get drunk and run over somebody and maybe end their life. The stream of unjustified hate was unending. It still is. WAPO Michael Frost described the split between Tebow and Kaepernick as representative of the split in Christianity, he said. It feels as though the church is separating into two versions, one that values personal piety, gentleness, respect for cultural mores, and the emphasis on moral issues like abortion, homosexuality, and other, another that values social justice, community development, racial reconciliation, and political activism. And while Frost pointed out that people have labeled Kaepernick a traitor, he ignored the media's hateful outrage pointing at Tebow. When the pro-life ad featuring Tebow aired in Super Bowl in 2010, the media was angered and showed it. 
while the ad showcased Tebow's mom as a woman who did not have an abortion, even though she was advised to have for health reasons, pro-choice celebrities found something to attack. The View co-host Joe Behar said that even though Tebow turned out a success, he could just as easily become some kind of rapist pedophile. There are others who decided to commit abortion, and they're glad they did. The media will praise Kaepernick because liberal public activism is always encouraged as part of the media's agenda. But simple act, the part of pious Christian, then you will deem, be deemed polarizing and simple. Yeah. Thought that was kind of apropos. State Police Director Facebook post, NFL players who take a knee are degenerates. She's a female, Christy Kibby at two. It's pretty ugly what's happening to her. Dear NFL, we will not support millionaire ingrates who hate America and disrespect our armed forces of veterans who wins a football game, has zero impact on our lives, who fights and defends our nation, has every impact on our lives. We stand with the heroes, not a bunch of rich, entitled, arrogant, ungrateful, anti-American degenerates. Signed, we the people. A Detroit attorney said this is a dangerous mindset for someone in a powerful position. If she was black, there'd be no problem, but she's a white um, white person. Then there's this, and I forgot all about this. Another flashback. I kind of inter- intermingled some last-minute things. NFL players cross-country refusing to stand and put their hand on the heart, blah, 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 blah. Many Americans support the free speech rights of NFL players protest, but a large percentage of Americans believe protest of the national anthem is not appropriate and is disrespectful to the country. They believe the football players should choose another venue to protest what they perceive as racism. Because the NFL... Football players are protesting racism. The mainstream media and many on the left are hailing them as heroes. But what if they were protesting for a cause that is not seen as quite so cool in the media limelight? What if they are protesting for people who Hollywood elites look down upon? What if they were refusing to stand and place their hands on their heart and respect their country to back a class of people who face the ultimate discrimination? What if they were sitting down or kneeling to protest abortion? The media are so excited that some NFL players had the courage to disrespect their flag this past Sunday, blah, blah, blah. Ten New Orleans Saints sat during the National Anthem. Okay, I don't want to get into all this shit. I just want to get to the problem. Remember the tragic police massacre in Dallas? Cowboys owner Jerry Jones wanted a team to wear a decal on the helmet, honoring the NFL said no, but then he fucked up and did his thing. And then they said, thank God there's a handful of players who have taken up the cause. And there's a lineman. For the Ravens. But what if? What if it was for abortion, which is the largest killer of African Americans? We've already beaten the horse with our, the police racist, with the facts of how blacks die and who gets shot more by cops that would be white, even when you infer per capita. 1,096,000 abortions. What did we say? 65% were black. I think it was 65. It was the majority. Yet they make up a very small percentage of America. Why isn't that protested? Hmm. So here's Brittany with MRC on her take on this issue. 
Hey guys, I'm Brittany Hughes. You're watching MRC-TV, and this is your reality check. So unlike most of the rest of the country, I didn't have too much time to worry about all the spoiled little athletes throwing temper tantrums on a football field yesterday. Why? Because while multi-millionaire athletes were busy disrespecting the very nation that affords them the freedom to protest in the first place, my family and thousands of others were prepping for time apart from our loved ones so that they can go risk their lives for that very freedom. We're being asked to give up our husbands, our wives, our brothers and sisters, our fathers and our mothers, all in defense of our nation and even the rights of those who would abuse and exploit it. And there are many Americans across this nation who have sacrificed far more than even my family has to defend others' right to insult the nation they gave everything for. And that's why we stand. We stand for the national anthem in honor of those whose knees have been blown off on foreign battlefields. We stand for the mother whose legs won't hold her up because her son just came home in a flag-draped coffin. There is a reason that the only Steelers player to walk out of the locker room and observe the national anthem on Sunday was a former Army Ranger who served three tours in Afghanistan because he gets it. He paid the price for his teammates to act like whiny, self-entitled brats. So here's a thought. If you are so disgusted with this country that you would disrespect the national anthem before a game held even in a foreign country, maybe don't come back. If you are so concerned about privilege, forfeit your $11 million paycheck. Don't publicly insult our country while still reaping the benefits it offers you. Don't take millions of dollars from fans to buy your fancy cars and your multi-million dollar mansions, then turn around and flip half of them off. You're that embarrassed to be an American? Okay, take a knee, then take a hike. Let it cost you something to insult the very nation that guarantees your right to protest. Because God knows it costs families like mine a lot to defend it. And that's your Reality Check America. Subscribe to our YouTube page, like us on Facebook and Twitter, and stay sane out there. Football isn't just the most popular sport in this country, though it is. It's also one of the only institutions we have left that unites everybody here across race and income and geography. There are not many of those, no matter who they voted for last fall, Americans who love the same team can bond over football. No longer possible, sadly. Now even the country's final nonpartisan refuge has been invaded by politics. On Saturday, the president tweeted that NFL players who protest the national anthem ought to be fired. And as if on cue, the protests intensified. In London, players for the Baltimore Ravens and the Jacksonville Jaguars kneeled in contempt of the Star-Spangled Banner while standing respectfully for God save the Queen. In Chicago, the entire Pittsburgh Steelers team stayed off the field for the anthem, save for a single player, an Army veteran who defied his own coach by walking out. His jersey, by the way, is the single most popular football-related piece of paraphernalia on the Internet right now. In Washington, D.C. last night, virtually every player on the Raiders sat in protest as a military honor guard carried an American flag onto the field. Now, the sight of pampered millionaires giving the rhetorical finger to the country that made them rich is obviously disgusting. So it was no surprise that in stadiums across America, fans booed when they saw this. The left responded today pretty lamely, saying players have a First Amendment right to criticize their country. Of course, nobody really contests that. Though free speech lectures are a little hard to take from the very people who routinely shut down the political speech of their opponents. In any case, it's not the point. Just because something is legal doesn't mean you ought to do it. The Constitution also protects your right to, I don't know, scream obscenities at nuns. 
but it doesn't prevent the rest of us from judging you for doing it. So what are these protests really about? Well, some players claim their core complaint is police brutality, in which case, fine, protest that. Learn the facts, make your case, propose solutions, run for office, try to make the country better. But no, that's too hard. It's easier to follow the demagogues and attack America itself. You'll win plaudits for bravery on Instagram. So why is this a big deal? Why is it, in the end, dangerous for this country? Well, for the same reason we sing the national anthem in the first place so often and stand for the flag, used to say the Pledge of Allegiance, all those other slightly silly civic rituals that liberals have long despised and sneered at. Why are they important? Because in the end, love of country is all we have. We aren't like other nations with a homogenous population and a shared history and religion. Increasingly, we don't even have a common language. So shared belief in America, the country, is the only glue that binds us together. Why are Vermont and Mississippi in the same country? Because people in both places love America. What happens when they no longer do? Many have accused the president of using the flag controversy as a diversion for more pressing topics like the threat of North Korea or the failure of his health care initiative. And as a political matter, that may be true. But it does not change the inherent significance of what you just watched last night at the game. Because when our elites attack our national symbols as if they're worthless and loathsome, something important, something monumental has changed here. If the people who've benefited most from America despise it, and increasingly they do, where does that leave the rest of us? Burgess Owens is a former NFL player. The Reverend Michael Faulkner is a candidate for New York Comptroller. Both of them once played for the New York Jets, so they're well situated to comment on this. Both join us tonight. Uh, thank you both. Reverend, I want to go to you first. Um, and ask if you understand why this is all a little hard to take. Nobody can test the First Amendment right of these players to do what they've done. But to watch the richest, most celebrated, most pampered people in America attack, not police brutality, but the country itself, can you see why people find that so very disgusting? Yeah, it, 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 you know, they don't know how to express their anger. And, when, you know, and, and I, I push back a little bit, Tucker, on the richest, most pampered, because they've had to go through a journey to get where they are. So yep. they've gone through some things to get where they are. They're not pampered. They weren't born uh, of means. Many of them were born into uh, low-income families, etc. So they've gotten where they've gotten because of their talent, their God-given ability. However, well, but hold on, but hold on. Let me stop you there. But isn't that the whole point? And you're right, of course. And what you just said is totally true. But isn't that the whole point? In America, people from a low station can wind up being some of the richest and most pampered people in the country, as they are. Absolutely. And listen, as an American... I have a responsibility to challenge power, to challenge authority. However, we're talking now about the setting of it. The setting for an NFL football game and the stars of the game kneeling down before the game is not the proper setting for them to express their political angst and their, 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 their opposition to uh, what is going on outside of, uh, or, or, you know, in the, the inner cities. And right. it, it just I, it just takes away the political legs and it's offensive. And to be honest with you, I think we ought to talk about having that conversation, talking about giving them an opportunity to do something different, because <laughs> not standing for the national anthem would certainly wouldn't be something I would do. Uh, right. I would, but I mean, these guys have plenty of look, I mean. They can say every word is recorded by dutiful scribes in the sports press, so it's not like they have no uh, outlet. So Burgess Owens, I'm wondering why 
the United States government should be subsidizing this. If these guys hate the government, a lot of the stadiums they play in, I would say the majority, are funded by taxpayers. The Pentagon spends hundreds of millions a year advertising at NFL games in the stadium and on broadcast. Why should, why should they be doing that? If these guys hate America, why are American taxpayers picking up a lot of the tax? Well, I, I don't think they should be. And, and I, I think that uh, the, America, the, the, the free market is going to take care of that in itself. My, my concern with this whole process is what the, stand, the flag stands for. When I stood on the sideline, I remember getting teary-eyed at points because I was so excited about being there, so proud to be part of that yeah. process. But I also had grew up in a time where 70% of black men were mentors to us. They were in the home, doing the things they needed to do, teaching us that this country is the greatest place to be and to grow in. We now have come to a point because of liberalism, because of the process of what democratic policies do, 70% of black men do not stay around. They don't have these parents and these fathers to tell them what they should be proud of and, and, and how they should stand up and, and, and for this process. So this is, not a, this is not a void. We're dealing with, we're dealing with an ideology that, first of all, bans God has destroyed the black family in the 70s, which we led the country in terms of, of our strength of our family unit. They have destroyed our history. No one even knows about how strong the black American history was. And now they want to take away the pride of the country. And I think it's a bridge too far. I think this is the one thing that as Americans, we might disagree. Mike and I might disagree in terms of, of how they, what they can do in the field. But at the end of the day, we love our country. And we're going to make sure we stand against those who, 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 who take away the hope of our kids. And that's well, what these that, liberals are doing. I think that's right. And, and, I mean, Michael Faulkner, isn't that the whole point, that these are people who are revered by kids and right. by lots of Americans, and shouldn't they be, look, America's flawed, nobody argues that it's not, but that the <laughs> whole enterprise is illegitimate and disgusting, which is what they're saying, and the flag is an object of contempt. Shouldn't they be telling us the opposite? Absolutely. It's and, and taking a knee, they don't get a chance to talk about their, they don't get a chance to talk about their issue. First of all, they, they need to get up and do something about, they need to not just protest, but they need to get up and they need to be part of the national conversation to make America better, to make their communities better, to take their responsibilities, just like Burgess was talking about. But secondly, you know, I thought about it after I looked at, again, at what Pittsburgh did. Maybe we should not allow them on the field unless they can stand in honor of the flag and the national anthem. Maybe they should not be, maybe they should be restricted from the field unless they plan to honor the flag and honor the national anthem as all the fans do in the stands. Well, this that's a great, I mean, that's a great suggestion. By the way, Burgess, isn't that consistent with the way the NFL operates? I mean, if you want to wear orange socks on a team with white socks, you can't. The owner no, says the team says you. you can't. That's exactly right. Why don't they hear? Well, let's take it a step further. The NFL corporate office right here in, in New York City. How about the employees on lunchtime decided they wanted to uh, demonstrate? They'll find it. They'll come back and find out that their the, the desks will be vacated. Right. <laughs> and at the end of the day, this is what's happening. The liberals at the very the top elitists, they are using these uh, my, my race. They're bringing misery to my race and then using this misery to make sure they keep their power. Uh, we need to make sure, number one, there's two things. We need to make sure that we're standing against corporate elitists, liberal elitists like the NFL. I will be boycotting every single team that does this. But we also have to, as black conservatives, get into the black community and let them see yeah. what, the, what, the, what the Democratic Party has for years done to them. It's okay. not a white American problem. It's a Democratic, black and white elitist problem. And, and the third thing you need to do is run for something so right. I can vote for you. Unfortunately, we're out of time. Gentlemen, well, thank you both very much. Mike Ditka has a nasty surprise for all players taking a knee tonight during the National Anthem.
I'm James Jones. Thanks for tuning in. Make sure to subscribe to The Fumble for all the latest on NFL news and highlights. Today is the first Monday night NFL football game of the regular season, but more importantly, it's also the 16th anniversary of the worst terror attack on U.S. soil. September 11 is a day that's forever burned into the hearts and minds of every American who watched the skyline of New York City change forever. The country came together in horror on this day, and the anniversary should serve as a reminder to never forget what September 11th represents. While we're all mourning the 2,996 lives lost in the attack, some American football players want to reclaim the attention. When NFL legend Mike Ditka found out about it, he stepped back into the sport to put a stop to it before they could disrespect the country on this momentous day. The entire preseason of professional football was a tribute to Colin Kaepernick and his sideline protest of kneeling for the national anthem at every game. Since the downfall of his career, a number of players picked up where he left off and don't plan to stop for the duration of the season. Well, Mike Ditka isn't having it and plans on not allowing it for the one night that every player should be forced to stand. Let me know in the comments below if you agree with Mike just for tonight. If you remember last year during Kaepernick's protest, Ditka famously said he and anyone else who follows in his cleats needs to quote-unquote get the hell out of the country since they clearly don't seem to like it here. He's back at it again with another piece of advice for anyone who decides to sit or kneel during the anthem at tonight's games when the thousands of lives lost on September 11th will be recognized. Listen, I'm pretty sure these players taking a knee tonight aren't doing it to disrespect the lives lost during 9-11. There's a bigger picture. Let's not forget these NFL players are protesting for inequality and seeking social justice by not standing during the national anthem. I have to ask, what do you think about the kneeling protest so far? Let me know in the comments below. For all the best game and sports news highlights, make sure to hit subscribe. And while you're at it, make sure to shop at our brand new Fumble store. For The Fumble, I'm Denise Jones. Well, uh, Martha, and thank you so much for having me. I'm, I'm, I think I and so many other individuals are incredibly confused as to why so many people are taking a knee during the anthem. I mean, personally speaking, I remember back when Colin Kaepernick first began this. Let's not forget that he told NFL.com uh, August of last year that he was doing it because the flag represented oppression. And it does feel like there's this movement to repurpose the anthem and the flag as these avatars of oppression. And then, of course, we can't forget when he did take to the field uh, he also did so in socks that depicted police as pigs with police hats on them. Well, I had a closing, and I decided just to throw it in there, and that is Tucker Carlson, Mike Ditka, Dana Loesch, and a couple other anti-it's-good-to-disrespect-the-flag media members. Still can't balance the scales on the media bites because, as shown, they want to push the agenda. America's bad. A reason, along with they hate America, is they don't want to cover this. Antioch Shooter is a black power radical who posted that you're more likely to be killed by a white man. So the MSM, so MSM, where's all the coverage on the fatal church shooting in Antioch? One woman was killed, seven other hurt. After gunmen entered Burnett Chapel Church in Antioch, Tennessee. We're old enough to remember when a church shooting was a big deal, but details are difficult to come by in the mainstream outlets Monday. Police are still looking for the motive, but they have identified the suspect as Emmanuel Kadig Sampson, 25, 
Police originally described Sampson as an African-American, but revealed later that he's a legal U.S. resident who immigrated from Sudan in 96. As Twitchy also reported, anti-gun activist Shannon Watch reacted particularly, blaming Congress for not standing up the NRA, although it was a concealed carry holder and an usher at the church, 22-year-old Robert Engel, who held the gunman at bay until police arrived. Although police haven't confirmed any social media presence, it didn't take long for internet detectives to find him. Jesse Kelly gives a pretty good summary of what can be found here. A black power fan of Louis Farrakhan and Malcolm S shot up a church yesterday. You can read about it on page 35 of your newspaper. Yeah. They are really bearing it. Amazed how little coverage the Anarch Tennessee shooter is getting. Killer went into a church shooting stopped by a church goer with the gun. Somebody says because it was a church, because the guy was an immigrant, and because someone had a licensed gun who became a hero. Squash story. Another one. This optics were right for the MSM. Goes against the narrative they advocate. Her name. <clears throat> Stu Shapes gave her name Melanie Smith. But on Facebook she used Melanie L. Crow. The lady who died. She had prominent posted a Tennyson quote on her profile. I hold it true. Whatever befall. I feel it when I sorrow most. It reads. She updated her account only hours for the shooting. With a Stephen King passage about hell. Based monitor. Melanie Crow was murdered by an African immigrant or migrant outside of church in Antioch. Where is the press? James Wood. It's this simple. They can kneel, sit, or spit to the national anthem. We can accept it or boycott it. Everybody has a choice. He follows it up because they'd rather cover this than the shooting in Tennessee. Gabriel Maller will look with interest tomorrow for the combined coverage totals for the Antioch church shooting and Trump versus National Anthem protest. CNN's only tweet. Authorities are working to determine where a man, why a man went on a daily shooting spree at a Nashville area church. That was on 11.25 a.m. September 25th. Since then, there's been no coverage. None. Whatsoever. It's easier to cover a cause they want to cause or cover instead of a shooting that is against everything progressives believe in. He was an immigrant from a nation that just went on a travel ban list. He was detained by a shooter who had concealed carry. And he was African-American looking in a white church. Somebody tweeted something that pretty sums it up. Dylan Roof shooting was on the New York Times for four weeks. Front cover. Page 29 was the Antioch shooting. 29 for two days. There you go. Another reason for the media to deflect and not cover this. Today, I am wearing a Salute to Service shirt from 2016. I posted a meme all over the world on every format I could. 
pretty much saying 2016 NFL salute to service, 2017 NFL disrespects vets and the flag and takes a knee. Tonight is the decision of whether I cover, talk about, or enjoy an NFL season. If the players of the Green Bay Packers lock arms and do not respect the flag in total, if the crowd in Lampo locks arms and disrespects the flag, my wife will remove, because she's good at it with goo gone on a razor blade, the Green Bay Packers sticker from my car will wear no more Packer garb. For the rest of this season, I will not be wearing Aaron Rodgers' shirt. He tweeted smart-ass comments on his Instagram and Twitter with, oh, look at these cameramen taking a knee during the National Anthem because they were filming. Don't hear any outrage over that. Basically, we import two people that were protesters into the locker room of the Green Bay Packers. Aaron Rodgers concerned more with fucking protesting the American flag over a faux cause that we've proven so many times. I won't play it again, I promise. I won't play it again. I'll just say, are police racist? Video. There we go. That's all I'll say. And maybe that's why he throws pick six. Maybe that's why the team sucks so bad. As I said to the NFL, you have a league where you collective bargain yourself out of a good product. They get hit once, and they're on the injury report. And it takes to the end of the season to get quality football. But the most important thing we can concern ourselves with right now is a BLM, Democratic National Committee, Barack Obama, the cabal of hate America crowd, politicizing once again something that doesn't need to be political. A friend of mine is an African-American, known him since the 90s. We do not agree on politics. He posted that article from the last podcast, the politicization of everything. I wrote everything I've said in this show. He liked my comment with a heart. And he's for this shit. He voted for Barack Obama numerous times. He's a liberal. But he knows this is not a real thing. See, for those who think I take it too far, most military go into LE. I got friends right now that are in LE defending the country. They are on the wall every night while we sleep. So this is just not a disrespect to the flag. It's not just a disrespect to the vets who look at that flag as I sent to the Green Bay Packers today. We put that flag over working dogs. It is a symbol of honor for warriors and fallen warriors. It's just not a symbol. It means something dear to us. Dear. And you and I right now are afforded the right to sleep at night safely because law enforcement's out there on the wall for us. And as the statistics show with homicides up, crime up, why would I take a knee when blacks aren't dying at a higher rate? Blacks are not dying from cops. Blacks are dying from blacks. 
And the majority of crime created in our country is from African Americans in the inner city. Why would I protest that? See, for me, it's a simple thing. I need the police, regardless of the color, color, to to watch over me and my family at night so we can sleep. I need that. That's the world we live in right now. And with the urge of the left to bring all these immigrants in, I further need them so some motherfucker won't walk into a house next and kill white people because white people are so bad. So we've had numerous incidents in this year. You've had one guy who has been proven was being assaulted and then he ran people with the car and he was a white racist. You've had numerous lefties that have taken the rhetoric that's being fed to them about how dangerous Trump is, how dangerous our country is, how horrible we are, and they've acted upon it. With the Scalise shooting, with this shooting, with numerous that I've shown. It's scary times if you don't bend to the progressive cult. You could literally die. And I further say, NFL, if you think the demo is going to work for you and these soccer lacrosse fans, they'll tire of it. They'll tune in for a couple weeks. Sure, it fits their narrative. They're going after Trump. They're not the people that buy your jerseys, your stickers. your. I have fucking couch covers, blankets, shoes, socks, pajamas, 50 hats. We feed your league. And let it, let it be understood further. It's just not Tony Reed on his little podcast. USAA's message board, the entire front page was nothing about dump the NFL. Businesses are going to start getting impact because if they side with protests, they're going to lose business. And I promise you, 11% decrease in every game in succession this week. If it happens this weekend, it'll continue and you'll see more and more empty seats. Less people watching. So I don't care if you card out all the progressives in the world to tell me I'm a racist. I don't care if MSDNC, the New York Times, WAPO, write all these articles based on faulty statistics saying that this is a real cause. Your base, National Football League, made up of normal Americans of left and right persuasion, do not like it. 64% believe it's disrespectful to the flag. Your media won't tell you that, progressives. You're not going to see that over there on Rachel Maddow. She's still saying that Puerto Rico is Trump's Katrina. That was the big line this week. Because they were so upset that none of the other ones were Katrina. They wanted people to die so they could say Trump's Katrina. You'll rue the day. So, 
This wraps up another episode of Flyover Politic Podcast. Please feel free to share this with family and friends. Send comments by email at F-O-P-P-O-D-C-A-S-T at gmail.com. FOPpodcast gmail.com. You can get this show on SoundCloud, Podcast Static, TuneIn Radio, Google Play, iTunes, Blueberry, and Stitcher. Remember to check out the Flyover Politic webpage at F-O-P-P-O-D-C-A-S-T dot com. FOPpodcast.com. To see links to feeds of the show, links to our Facebook page, and to email us. There you will also see links to every episode on the episode release page and my blog on the blog page. We'll release a podcast on Monday, 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 the 2nd of October. It will be Why Does the Left Hate America? It'll be a rebroadcast. I'll do a new intro so you hear the new music, and I will say this is an old podcast. <coughs> and... The ending will be the same, so you don't get confused, but it won't be as good a quality, but I think it's really good for some of you newer, newer listeners to hear the old stuff, because it was some pretty in-depth reporting on, it's just not to take a knee, it's, it's habitual, they hate America. And then of course, the podcast after that will be on 8 October, with Big Sis from Colorado, we'll have some fun doing a podcast, and we'll put it out that day. For the rest of the week, my friends, be safe out there. For those that are with me, it's going to be hard, I know, but there's plenty of things to watch. Regular season comes back, and as I say on the ending of every one of my podcasts, it's good to disconnect from stuff and give undivided attention to our loved ones. Not being obsessed with football would be a good one. But if we do not send a signal that this is not the America we want, this is just the beginning. They will start protesting badminton. Volleyball, NASCAR, your Little League baseball games. It won't stop. This is kind of like the gay baker shit. It's not about equality. It's not about prejudice against minorities by the police. This is about a political movement that hates America. We got to hold the line. There's a thin blue line that protects every one of us as we sleep. We need to be the next line of defense from America turning into a shithole nanny state where we no longer have generations of America who believe America's worth defending. As all, I thank you all for listening and take care.